0: Andrew McGaughan here for Severe MMA. The pride of Limerick. The young man named Sean Sheehan. The Severe MMA people that are coming to the local shows way before everyone else. I see them coming up and they're getting their shot.
1: And I'm proud that people are coming up with me. Episode 84.
0: Of the Severe May podcast is finally here, ladies and gentlemen. Unfortunately, not my usual, exuberant, full of life self. My sister is asleep just next door and she's back at school, Sean Sheehan. Limerick's favourite son, Ruth McGahan, has started transition year.
1: Ah, uh, sure, you might as well wake her up. So she's doing nothing for the whole uh, year.
0: Absolutely nothing. It's, it's an extended summer. Yeah.
1: Did you do transition year?
0: I did it's, It was compulsory yeah. In the school that, that I went to That explains
1: to. a lot now That what? explains a lot Fairness Go on No wonder you're a fucking daughter, like <laughs> Jesus In a whole year of doing it When you're about 15 like. Transition year I maintain Is the worst thing Anyone can ever do What? Yeah It's just a waste of time Like, why? It's just absolutely literally not. A waste of time
0: This is worse Than your picking a fights Because you're absolutely wrong How dare you (laughs) I'm not wrong You are completely wrong Sean Transition year is the most useful thing In secondary school Why? What do you do? Go around and for a whole year No absolutely not You're in a transitional phase As a fucking teenager As an adult You've just had Mass amounts of unneeded pressure put on you for your junior cert because they count for nothing but at the time they're the biggest exams of your life there's massive importance on them transition year is a year to decompress from all of that become a year older think of the amount of people Sean that start college at 17 as opposed to 18 turning 19 and if you're telling me there's not a huge dynamic in a person moving away from home and starting a new style of education like college between 17 and 18 is oh Transition year sets people up perfectly for that It gives them a year Like for me I found out what I wanted to do In In uh, transition year I knew I wanted to do something media wise Something broadcasting wise While I was 16 Going 17 As opposed to being Maybe thrown straight back into a year of Okay now you have to pick four additional subjects And this is all geared towards The biggest exams in your life Everything you knew up until this point was a lie The junior cert means shit motherfucker
1: The they are too fucking soft That's what they are
0: yeah go on Tell me why I'm wrong then. It's a fact You're, You are
1: wrong It's just a waste of time Going around doing fucking nothing You better off Take a year off after school And go away for a year do that, or well. do, do that as well Do something
0: Do that as well Severe and own Barry Quayle He didn't do transition year And now he's deliberately Taking a year off Because he feels he's too young To go to college Yeah he and then that's taken, okay He's taking a year to train full time well that's bullshit He's like, Train full time What does that Train full time Even mean Oh like? my god Sean He's Keen, training, I, training full time yeah, well, He's,
1: he's, he's he staying in bed give... Till 12 o'clock Going go to the gym For half an hour Coming home Playing PlayStation He's, oh, he's
0: training full time He's yeah. not Andrew McGann He's been uh, <laughs> He's been getting The bus to Newry Every morning to be, <sighs> He's doing two sessions A day nearly sure Either helps. in Thai boxing Or jujitsu. He's going to be uh, He's following In Dave Fogarty's footsteps A severe Isn't... MMA's Amateur MMA fighter so there Jesus, you go
1: These things happen These things happen Do you happen. know, like, if, Do you if know what If students were if they were more awake In the morning exactly. If they'd, them up, they'd be they would be a lot better
0: I've taught you well, Mr. Sheehan, I'm not going to lie, that was beautiful, because if you're a student, maybe you're suffering from fatigue, or maybe you're a student who's moving away from home, and you're thinking, hmm, how am I going to be able to feed myself, how am I going to be able to make sure that I'm getting all the right nutrients in my body, my mother's made everything for me for the last 17 years, she's kept me right, now I'm being left on my own, it's not all noodles from here on out, son, because head on over to orosnutrition.com, if you're an athlete, you're going to college, you're thinking, Sean, got a GEA scholarship there I'm going to DCU what do I need I need fucking supplements don't I Krill oil that's what you need you need everything mm-hmm. ROSNutrition.com. they have absolutely everything to cover you if you're a sp- if you're an athlete as we say Sean every week in the podcast you can search um in particular by your sport so if you're a GEA player a rugby player a soccer player Or Restnutrition.com have everything, all of their suggestions. I would say more than anything, their recommendations from their products that will gear you towards the sport of your choice. If you're just uh, hitting the gym, maybe you're trying to put on a little bit of size. They've got mass gainers as well. If you're looking to tone down, they have you covered there as well. Something just for recovery, Sean. You know, I'm complaining after which we will talk about just for a little bit later on in the show. My masterful performance at Naga Dublin at the weekend. My mixed martial arts debut, as you've dub- dubbed it. <laughs> it um, <was. laughs> you know, I'm sore today. I couldn't train today. Luckily, I've been loading the ORS nutrition into me. I definitely think I'll be able to train tomorrow. Um, I have a bit of a recovery shake going on at the minute from ORS. So that is going down a treat. But everything. I can't t- I can't say it enough, Sean. Heading over to ORSnutrition.com. But, as you always say, it gets better. It does.
1: Tell them how it gets better.
0: Well, you put all the products that you need into your basket. You hit the little cart icon. You go to the checkout. They have a fabulous feature. We talk about it every week. After you spend a certain amount, they will uh, include a free gift as well, be it a protein shake or a couple of protein cookies. Um, False candy, as I like to call it, Sean. You drink it with a cup of tea and you don't realise that you're not uh, eating biscuits. So they will uh, throw in an extra gift. And also... Enter the code SEVERE MMA in capital letters in your little uh, checkout code box and you will get twenty-five percent off your first order. Ah, twenty-five percent. A quarter. Madness. You will get twenty-five percent off your first order through dot Good friends and sponsors of the Severe MMA podcast. Check them out on Facebook, check them out on Twitter, and also on their website if you're thinking as if you're if your web if your tummy is rumbling after I said healthy cookies then um, they've got a delicious recipe section over on their website as well how you can make nice healthy snacks using the the ingredients from their website or restnutrition.com Sean -hmm. Look in my eyes
1: Go on, so tell us about your your jitsu match. Oh the, my god, I thought
0: we were going on to CM Punk, but okay. I <coughs> oh. I believe we have a question about Nag at the weekend, so I was going to leave it until right, then.
1: Leave it. To, on, tell us a little bit about the talk one, just for right. a sec. Because I this is actually interesting. Like I
0: don't I, know what I hurt myself five weeks ago, pretty badly on my shoulder. Um, Haven't been able to train. Trained last Thursday for the first time in five weeks and just decided i do Naga at the weekend because there was a few guys going up. I wanted to go up anyway and you could register on the day so I thought happy days. I'll do the Nogi Division. And I just really wanted to get the, the buzz to compete again. You know, the get the nerves, get the adrenaline. Right, all right,
1: keep it sharp, now. Come on, fuck! Oh. It. Jesus, we don't have a right.
0: minute. I was going to say that it worked against me because after my third match, I had to run off the mat and puke at the side of the door violently for about a minute straight, nice. um, and the vomit was already in my mouth while I was standing on the mats. So, got to the final, three quick submissions, your favourites. I went for a little arm bar, I went for a calf slicer and a rear naked choke in the first three yes. matches. Thankfully I got them, a couple of good matches. In the final, came up against a guy who I've been, who I've been told afterwards has eleven years wrestling experience, but we'll not get into that because fair enough. I didn't I wasn't able to beat him on the day, no problem. But it was a little bit of a of a stalling match We were standing up We were wrestling There was pushing There was shoving I felt like he didn't want to engage In any way shape or form But It was At the end of the day The onus was on me To be able to Get him down And to be able to play on my, my own game You believe there was A couple of elbows thrown
1: There was an elbow You you Like you jumped To take his back At one stage didn't you And he yeah. just Threw a marrow and in the elbow At you He just straight into the face like.
0: Yeah he he was able to Shake me off his back I couldn't get my hooks in and as I was moving forward then to play guard, his hand came into the middle of my face. The thumb went into the eye and pushed me back. And I was just like, right,
1: fuck this. He looked like you are going to throw a box at him. Like, I,
0: are you thinking about it? Yeah, 100%. I was thinking like, this arsehole. I just stood straight up, walked up to him, pushed him in the chest, started pushing him back. And then I uh, ended up losing my cool a little bit, went for a takedown. Failed on the takedown and he was able to roll me over into side control And that's how he amassed his points on me And then was just disengaging for the rest of the match And I ended up getting a little bit of a dickhead move to do The last 15, last 30 seconds I was annoyed He was doing nothing I wanted to try sprawl on him to get a guillotine I lifted my leg up in the air to offer him for a single leg Do you know what I mean? Just being like just take it like you're doing fucking nothing And he ended up uh, lifting me up and slamming me so uh, drop me. <laughs> so I suppose I taste my own medicine. Yeah, he's a bit like the referee. Are they
1: supposed to do something in that instance, like or did just so, let you go? Know?
0: It wasn't really. What do you mean, like if? A, like he elbowed
1: you in the face, like, so actually. I don't it I don't like actually
0: that. think it was a, it was an intentional elbow and it wasn't much contact, to be fair. Like it was just a graze and sorta of, he was sh- shrimping out to his side sort of thing. Now Keith Kavanaugh, friend of the podcast, he got awful lot worse. He came up against the same guy earlier Sorry. on in the day. The back of his neck is ruined with scrapes and his eye is completely bloodshot. He got a little bit worse of a uh, thumb in the eye. Than I did He was gouged a little bit So And afterwards The thing that annoyed me most Sean The guy came up to me afterwards And he was talking to me And he was like Oh I was watching your other matches How come you weren't that good in the final Oh Did they get him Do you know what I mean And I was just thinking like Are you for real Who like, oh, is he Come on name and share I have no idea I've never seen him before I've never competed against him before I've never seen him at a jiu jitsu tournament before um, So I don't know Maybe he flew over for the tournament There was a lot of people that flew in for that tournament so, uh, unfortunately But I was happy to be back A nice wee silver medal First time I've medaled since December so,
1: Congratulations
0: Thank you very you're much You're
1: really I wouldn't say an normally now But you're actually really The gold medal winner Because he should have been disqualified Oh, thank you very much
0: you That's go.
1: He's only a prick that for now
0: I think I'm uh, <laughs> I wish there was a way To save audio clips And put them on your wall Like pictures So then I could play that Whenever I felt down yeah, probably is A compliment from Sean Sheehan
1: yeah, You don't get them often now. I'm still looking at the picture here That you sent me last week On my Skype With you with long hair you, Do you putting. like it?
0: It's,
1: it's off putting sitting in the field Is the weirdest bit
0: So I promise now That's me talking about myself Over Thank you for allowing me To talk about the tournament It was a great tournament Shout out to Pat and John Sheridan For running it Two sound lads Bringing a Massive tournament Nag is one of the biggest In the world To, uh, to Ireland It was brilliant to see So we don't want to slip into old habits. Severe May podcast has been on a tremendous roll as of late. We are 10 minutes deep into the recording. This weekend, the biggest mixed martial arts star in the world is making his professional debut. Anything there I said, untrue? Not, not, not one single word of it. So, are you looking forward <laughs> to it? And that's it, ladies and gentlemen. We'll talk about it next week.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm looking forward to this. Um, CM Punk, wait, look. I remember when we when this news came out first. We talked a lot on the podcast, and
0: were, was the podcast but, even a thing when CM Punk signed to the wasn't, Maybe not. I don't think it was. You no, know, maybe it was when he got his fight announced.
1: But we've definitely talked about it before, at Lind. You know, do you know what it was? Actually, It was when he got injured the first time, and we were like, "Would he fight? Would he ever fight?" and stuff like that. We had a good discussion about it, but um, and, uh, yeah, it was just around it. But anyway, yeah, we we talked about it, and even back then, like. And still, really no. I don't really know. I don't really know what to think of it because, look, in one way, like I li- I'm, a, I'm a WWE fan. I like I'm a CM Punk fan. I always liked him, so I'm going to be maybe a little bit on his side. But in another way, that I'm kind of an MMA purist, and I want to see the best fighting the best, and you don't want to see terrible guys. But then I kind of like a freak show as well, even though, you know, sometimes it can go too far. But the thing that always stuck out in my mind is. He's doing it the right way. You know, he's... Okay, he's not going to the lower shows. He's not having amateur fights. He's not fighting... You know, fighting on shows like... Whatever, Battlezone that happened this weekend. Which we'll speak what later. Or bama or Cage Are working his way up like that. You know, like you, like normal people do. But he's doing it the right way in that... Okay, he's celebrity. Got him to the UFC. Got him a contract. But he went the way... He said he was going to train for six months. Then Duke Rufus said, you have to train for a year. He said, fine. He made no complaints about it. He trained. He got injured. He came back. He got injured again. He came back again. And it's been two years and he's stuck with it and he's still making his debut. Like, you have to respect that. Whatever whatever you say about yeah. him, whatever you think about it coming in there, you have to respect that. He did it the right way. He went to a great camp. Duke Rufus' camp, great guys like Anthony Pettis, um, Ben Askren, Tyron Woodley has trained Sergio Pettis, Alan Belcher, lots of great guys, Mike Biggie Rhodes. He's he's gone there, he's put in his time, and look, we'll see how he goes on Saturday, but that's the first thing. I think before we get into the actual talk about the fight itself, you know, I can't be too mad at him. Because he did it that way Now if he come in And said Right I'm Sam Punk I want to go pro wrestler Against uh, MMA fighter He had debuted After a six week camp Or something Then I May be a little bit different But I think this The way he's doing it Is a good one
0: I have I have a theory Sean He's a yeah. pro wrestler To the core It's all an elaborate hoax his striking isn't as bad as people are making it out to be. His striking is not a true reflection of his ability in those videos. And he is going to come out and shock the world this Saturday night. The narrative is set. Then he'll probably headline WrestleMania next year.
1: I believe that's called Honey
0: Honey Dickin. Yeah. What's that?
1: Basically just what you said there. Like convincing people one thing is true and then
0: not actually being true at all. Oh, well then, I just honey-dicked you all because I... You don't believe that? No, I don't really, to be (laughs) honest. And I agree with you in a sense that he is doing it the right way and the one thing that I think you could touch on is the two injuries he suffered were relatively serious enough injuries that a guy of his age that has put his body through so much already and is now entering into a new... um, another... I was going to say a new professional sport, but that's... A different argument Totally and utterly correct (laughs) (laughs) That's an argument for another day Um, But he could have taken the easy way out He could have not fought He could have said Look I thought I was going to do it He wouldn't give a fuck what people thought Do you know what I mean He's a guy who's based his life and his career Off not caring what people think He could have walked away no problem And it wouldn't have affected him For the rest of his life Apart from maybe Maybe wanting to test himself In mixed martial arts And having not got to fulfil that But what the general consensus was of him it wouldn't have been. He wouldn't have bothered in that at all. So he's going out this weekend to achieve a dream. Do you know what I mean? To do something that he's put that he's wanted to do. That he's worked hard to. As you said, gone to a good camp. But unfortunately, I think the UFC are treat like this. Could have had some sort of exposure. This could have had some sort of long long longevity. Is that the word I'm thinking of? Longevity. Longevity. Thank you so much. Longevity. Um, if you put CM Punk against, as you said a few weeks ago, Mike Jackson, or a 1 0 or an 0 0, or do a season of tough full of amateurs, and the winner gets to fight CM Punk. Do you know? But instead, you're putting him in with a guy who, within the last two years, was able to go the full distance with your new man crush, Gordon Ryan, at a Grappler's Quest competition. You're putting a guy in who, by all accounts, looked pretty good for a 1 0 amateur, for a 1 0 pro in his last fight. And people are saying he's a legit. I saw Tom Breeze saying online saying he's a legit brown belt on the ground. This is just going to be a whitewash, and it's going to kill. like, this is a this is James Tony in two thousand and sixteen. This is a one and done. This is giving the boxer to the striker, or giving the boxer to the grappler, and expecting him to win. You know, this is the UFC. I think. I'm disappointed by it for a guy who has put the, if it was going to be a six week camp, as you said, and fucking get him in and get him out and make this money. But instead, he's spent two years, two years doing nothing so far for the company and he got them a lot of exposure when he signed and he will be a big draw this weekend. But unfortunately, I can see nothing other than a one and done for CM Punk here, maybe giving a good account of himself and showing that, okay he could be a competent mixed martial artist, but it's pro wrestling, Sean you know exactly what you do. You build a star, you give him the cans, you give him a couple of fights, and then people are thinking, oh my God, CM Punk's fighting in mixed martial arts, and he's winning. Am I right? Am I wrong? Are they doing yeah. it right? Or are they just getting him in and out? Making the money and getting him out?
1: <laughs> I I don't think that's it. I i have a little bit of thoughts about this, right? My first thought is, I think um, Mickey Gall is going to absolutely destroy him. I don't think there's any two ways about him, but... I don't know how good Mickey Gall is either. Like, like, he looks good, but we haven't seen much of him. Um, after, you know, you, you said he's he's done the good things in jiu-jitsu tournaments. You know, he looks I like think, a relatively... I, I,
0: I think he didn't get tapped by Gordon, but I'm not sure. Yeah, He's done... Look... He looks like he can throw a punch.
1: It, it's hard to tell, you know. We don't really know. It's, it's too unknown. It's like, you know, it's like going to a show on Saturday night and it's too oh no amateur fighting. This is basically what it is, you know. Mickey Mickey Gall has a couple of amateur fights, but what he's like two and a half minutes of pro experience. CM Punk has. We saw a sparring session of his. Is that that and that's about it. That's all we know about him. So, it's tough. Mickey Gall could be, you know. Useless as well. He could be absolutely terrible. They could be all set up. They could they could know he's useless, and you know this is the exact level that CM Punk should be fighting at. But I don't think that's I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think that's it. Like <clears throat> he's been training for what seven years. Been training with the the Miller brothers, as you said. There, he's brown belt and jujitsu, legitimate brown belt. That's that's no laughing matter. Like <laughs> that's that. No matter how unathletic you are, or you know, how bad you picked it up or something. Even if you're doing that for so long, you're going to pick up some amount of ability. And especially when you go out in and destroy two guys in your opening two MMA fights, no matter how bad they are. like Because are you going to get someone who's worse than CM Punk? <laughs> it's going to be fight hard to find someone. Like, let's not forget... He's in there. He's done. done his two years training, but this is what a 30, 35, 36-year-old man who has had numerous concussions in the WWE, whose body has been beaten up for 15, 20 odd years, on you know on the the local circuits wrestling and then in, in the WWE as well. That takes its toll. You know that that definitely takes its toll. He's not—he's you know, not a young man. We speak about okay, aging isn't the most important thing in MMA. It's the toll that's on your body. <clears throat> and no, he might have been fighting. You know, it's not obviously not real fighting, but your back does hit that canvas, or your head does hit that floor, or you do get those cuts, or you do get those concussions. They're real. You know, the, if if someone is out for three weeks because they got a concussion, then, you know the WWE doesn't want them off their roster. They, they want them in there. You know, these things happen. He he's just off back back surgery and i think that's a huge thing because we just we discussed it at the time that okay he said now that he is 100 percent since his back surgery and he's not the same fighter since then but how long ago was that that was after ufc um 196 i believe wasn't the one the card in february whatever that was anyway so mickey all fighting that fought in that Punk said he'd need a back surgery he had his back surgery and then he came back and he said he wouldn't have been able to come back for UFC 200 he would have had a 5 week camp I think for UFC 200 we worked it out at the time so what's this like 4 weeks later so like nine, ten weeks of a camp that's all he's had at 100% 10 weeks the fight in the UFC I know it's it's 2 years he's been doing things picking up fundamentals for 2 years but still that that injury was huge and if he's only been able to go full bore for 10 weeks that's going to be very, very, very difficult for him.
0: Especially considering coming back from an injury like that. Yeah. Your first two weeks back in training, maybe your first week, you're not going 100%. You're not doing anything that you could think could potentially re-aggravate yourself or you're worrying about getting hurt again because if you get hurt again, then the debut gets delayed again and then it becomes a bigger event than it actually is. Because like, when you're talking about a guy who's suffered injuries as well... <clears throat> There's another aspect that I'm looking looking at for. He's not an athlete. He is going through now on a huge stage like the UFC what an amateur fighter would feel in the Trinity Sports Hall before a first their first fight on battle zone. Do you know he's going out to li- literally fight another man to compete another man to compete against another person where he has absolutely no idea what is going to happen, the nerves that are going to be through, going through his body, the adrenaline that's going to be going through his body. You can train hard, but you can't prepare for a competition or you can't prepare for a fight. I, I can't speak from the point of view of a fight, but I know that the tiredest that I've ever felt and the, tired, the most drained and weak that you've ever felt is immediately after around or a match in a jiu-jitsu tournament. And I'm sure that mixed martial arts fighters would say the exact same thing. You cannot prepare for the adrenaline dump, the energy dumps. And there's absolutely nothing that CM Punk can do about that. And he still has to face all of those things, aside from fighting. Like, Just take the fact that he's, he's 2-0 now as a pro, Mickey Gall, who... 2-0 or 1-0, sorry. 2-0, oh, no, yeah. 2-0, yeah. he It's the equivalent of, say, Dylan Took a couple of months ago. And if we put Dylan Tuke up against CM Punk, who do you think would win that fight?
1: Mm. <laughs>
0: Dylan Tuke. Exactly. So it, you have to look at it from that point of view that CM Punk has none of the benefits of saying what an amateur career would bring outside of the cage and mentally, let alone the actual attributes towards competing at professional mixed martial arts. Yeah, and uh, you, your thing as well But about... it's still real to me, Sean. I Damn hope man. you got my WhatsApp. Indeed. Go luck. Go <sighs> luck. Um...
1: Just, I want to touch on a couple of things there. Um, I didn't get it, but what you said there about what happens next with CM Punk for me, it, he doesn't have to look good in this, he doesn't have to win. But I think he does have to put up a fight. If he goes in there, and gets hit once, gets put down, and gets choked out, that I'm not sure you can bring him back in again. I know he's on a big contract and everything, but I'm not sure he can do it. I, I'm not sure he can do it. You know, you know, I, I might be contractually I think that has to happen, but it's you're not you're not going to be able to bring him back in on pay per view and make him an attraction. Now you might be able to bring him in, put him on pay per view, get him. You know, be the <laughs> because they have to, but people are not going to be tuning in for it. People are going to be even castigating it even more and look there's reason I've kind of laughed at it as well even though I uh, you know I'm not the one I don't mind it that much but he has to put up a fight and i hope look i hope he does i really hope he does i think everyone kind of hopes he does even the most ardent of haters of him people that don't think he should be there i think everyone hopes he puts up a fight nobody wants to see someone go in there and get absolutely crushed you know it, it's good for everyone if he does well to be honest because it's it shows that you can go in there and if you put your effort into it you can you know you can develop these skills as well and you know i think a lot of the, i see a lot of people and even irish guys on facebook and stuff you know saying you, there, there's guys in with, on the local scene who deserve it a lot more than him and stuff, and they definitely do. But
0: no, they do. Fucking not.
1: No, but some some They're guys not bringing
0: do. in some of the like. No, wh- but,
1: uh, but just out of talent alone, you know, okay. out of talent. Alone. And the point is, uh, and you, you, what you know, the point you were making there is okay. He's bringing in money, and that's hundred percent correct. But on the talent alone point of view. Are the okay? Some people don't like the word talent, <laughs> you know the the ability or the what you can learn, right? It, it's good for say if you're a coach and you're coaching Irish guys now, and you want guys to come in at 17 or 18 years of age, maybe, and guys that want to go and one day fight in the UFC. If CM Punk comes in and he does well and he puts up a good fight. You can show that up to those guys coming in, or to even say, if a guy, in my or your age came in, I want to do. You can show him this can be done. You know, a guy can come in here, and if he puts in his work at a good camp in two years, he can become a good fighter. And he, you know, give it another year, and he'll be better. Give it another year after that, and he'll be even better and better and better. You know, so I, I don't think if you look at it that way, I don't think it's harming anyone to be honest. And the thing about him stealing someone's spot. I don't think he is. The, the figures came out yesterday. You know, there, there's that automatic thing on Twitter that tells you, and I think there was something like uh, 39 extra people in the UFC in the last month compared to the month before. So they're signing people. You know, people are going in and out of the UFC all the time. To say he's stealing someone's or taking someone's place, even though there maybe are people more deserving, even if you look at the said likes of Peter Kweely, he probably should be in the UFC, or Tom, Tom Dukunma or Paddy Pimblet, or whatever, those people definitely should. But I don't think he's stealing or taking any of those places. If they want them in the UFC, or you know, if they think they should be in the UFC, they'll be in the UFC, and they will eventually be in the UFC. You know, I think um, Graham posted a video of Sean Shelby and um and uh, joe silva talking about the notorious documentary and they made a, a very interesting point i thought about mcgregor that after he's winning against Dave Hill, they kind of they knew he was ready for the ufc but it took the win against um ivan bushinger to convince him yeah he's you know he, he we're signing him now we have to get him and i think they're a little bit like that because their roster now is so big that there's so many there's so much talent as well around the world. That they are signing everyone they sign is really good so you know you're if you're good enough you will get there and I don't think it's you know people are kind of in this mentality of you know it's a long time ago where the likes of Owen Roddy couldn't get to the UFC because there weren't enough places stuff like if Owen Roddy's around today and if he was fighting the, the way he was he'd get to the UFC you know it's he'd already I'm, be in it yeah it, it's, it's only a matter of time no really, featherweight division in the enough. UFC
0: at the time that really was what yeah, would have exactly, hampered Roddy more than anything but the I I completely agree. There's a couple of points on that just and I know we have uh, other things to talk about, but just the CM Punk talk is a little bit interesting, I feel for the week that's in it, it's definitely worth uh, a topic of conversation, but it's not like and when you're talking about him not stealing a spot on, on a roster, I haven't heard it explained quite like that before, but I'd be looking at it like it's not like there isn't a it's not like there's a list. That Joe Silva and Sean Shelby have on their office of guys that they're gonna sign next in an order that they're going to sign them. Yeah, exactly. Do you know, and it's not like guy number nineteen, they can only sign eighteen people, CM Punk is number eighteen, and guy number nineteen is never gonna get a shot in the UFC. Now, if he loses his next fight, then maybe the UFC dodged the bullet. Do you know? I I can't I can't get behind this sort of attitude among maybe fighters that are like, Oh, but if he hadn't lost he'd be in the UFC by now. You know, but it's like, but you took the fight, you took the fight, and you lost. So maybe the UFC were right not to sign you when you were six and zero, as opposed to six and one. You know, and I, I just feel that is a, a more ongoing mentality now, and that guys are just maybe looking to get signed to get in. And like we saw it with the first generation of UK fighters, like they you know, whether it was Shea Mills or Jason Young, like these are the guys that would have massively benefited from the longer stint in Europe. Like you're talking about that Conor McGregor got, and I'm glad you brought up the Sean Shelby and Joe Silva thing because I remember um, when I I watched it as well when it was put up, and that stuck out to me too. Sean Shelby said something like, "After that fight, we pretty much knew he was ready," but I'm nearly sure Sean that the story was they actually couldn't sign him at the time. They couldn't; they wanted to sign him at the time, but they were full. They did; they weren't able to actually sign fighters at the time, and that was what uh, what delayed it. And then they saw him taking the fight, and then Dana White started. Famously lying You know to say that he And Trinity <laughs> That day he heard <laughs> really all signed. about Conor McGregor And everyone told him So he went back to Vegas And said We need to sign Conor McGregor And even if that was true Sean Shelby probably turned around And said We've been telling you that For nine months And you <laughs> wouldn't Fucking fire I don't know Give me an obscure fighter From around uh, 2013 Ryan Lafleur. Yeah Okay So that's, He was
1: signed already by then Wasn't he?
0: I think so yeah I'm, I'm pretty sure because I asked the question about Conor's debut I, I actually no I asked was the reason they signed him because Cage Warriors had announced him for Cage Warriors Wales later on in that Like it looked like he was going to get another fight Cage Warriors advertised that Conor McGregor would be fighting in Wales so I was like okay the, my question to Dana that day was did you sign him because you thought okay we don't want him to have another fight we need to get him in as quick as possible here's a good segue for you do you know a question I asked Dana about that day? What did you ask him?
1: I asked him, would Junior Dos Santos versus Alistair Overeem be happening? And do you know what he said?
0: We're working yes. on it.
1: He said it would. No, he said it's happening. That was back in the days when he could actually announce stuff. And he announced that that day. So, but that fight never actually happened because I think it was that was just before Overeem failed his test.
0: Great question, man. <laughs> yeah, we're actually working on that right now. You fucking goof. Yeah,
1: but anyway, Overeem gets his day in the sunlight uh on Saturday night. Anyway, how, how tell us how you see this fight going Overeem against uh Miocic.
0: So I think the the Dutchman or the UK man as uh, oh God, Graham. As, as Graham would like to say
1: <laughs> I've do an impression there with no, go on.
0: <laughs> I'm hanging my hat on Alistair Overeem, Sean. Yeah. And Going I have off. absolutely no idea why. It, there's just, and I'm basing it off seeing. It was kind. Of, my mind was kind of made up from it from watching UFC Hamburg, watching the Gustafson fight, thinking like how close he came, and now look where he is. But Overeem is the opposite to that. Overeem was at the great heights throughout his career. He's won absolutely everything. That he's pretty much had to be able to win. He's been the strike force heavyweight championship. He, is, uh, he never won a Pride Grand Prix, didn't he? Not. I uh, think he's not sure. a semi finalist, but he's uh, won. He's been in the ADCCs. He's K One World Champion. He's what's their their prestigious tournament Grand Prix? Yeah. Uh, he's won that. The UFC title is the thing that has eluded him, but he is a guy who was maybe on a descent at his career at one point in the last couple of years, two back-to-back knockout losses only three years ago, and has only dropped one loss since then and has steadily improved, changed his game to adapt his current fighting style. And I just think he's going to get his day in the sun. I just... Listening to him talk before the Arlovsky fight at the media days for UFC Rotterdam, he seemed like a re-energized person that was just completely enjoying what he was doing at the moment, and was even then fixated on mentioning a, a title shot. He was talking about he would like a title shot um, if he if he got past Arlovski, and he thought it was going to happen. He was kind of saying like it has been said to me, blah blah blah. Then my amazing theory of the Amsterdam Arena next year for Andrew Arlovsky's, uh title shot at a European stadium, but we'll get to that, I suppose, after he beats Steep at the weekend. But can't take anything away from the fact. Stipe has just been the dream killer Of the last couple of years Do you know what I mean I have counted him out more times Than I would care to admit in fights And particularly with the Mark Hunt fight But especially against Fabrizio Verdoom, I waxed lyrical on this podcast At length That I thought Fabrizio was just going to be too much And Stipe was a maybe a flash in the pan Sort of job
1: Yeah Look For me this is A great great fight At heavyweights. Uh, and it's not one we see that often. Like, okay, fair enough. If you look at it, Overeem, Overeem's chin isn't the best, and it hasn't been for a while. And he could get gra- get cracked and put away. But that's kind of always a thing at heavyweight. Anyone we saw that the weekend. We talk about it more in a while. But anyone can get cracked at any time and put away. So, but if you leave that to one side, and if you leave the fact that Overeem can crack him and put him away at on anyone's side, this could be a, just could this could be just a superb fight, like. Oh, we speak about Overeem and his technique. His technique is just so good for a heavyweight. And that has been shown up over the last couple of fights, uh, even more so than it was ever. And I think Stipe as well, he's just improving so much. He's he's the best athlete, I think, in the heavyweight division by a distance. I you know Cain Velasquez is a very good fighter, and it's more cardio with him and, and heart and endurance and ability. But I think Stipe, he's quick over over short distances, he can he's very accurate and his power is improving so much. I think that's that the big X factor in him coming in against guys like Hunt and knocking out Ourofsky and knocking out uh, Verdum as well. It's just the crispness and the power in his striking it has improved so much. And look looking at this as a matchup, okay, I suppose you have to look at over first here because of the way he's changed his fighting style in the last in the last Highland you know, we we spoke about it, uh, the Holly Home fight, and I used the, the kind of the cricket analogy. Instead of going out to attack the ball, you wait for the ball to come to you, and then you hit it. I think Overeem is fighting a little bit like that. He like he he knows his chin isn't as good as it used to be. He knows he can't go into a firefight because he'll end up losing that, and he knows he can't use up his cardio as well because people can say, "Okay, we'll survive, we'll survive, we'll survive against Overeem." Steep, we it doesn't for, stop though. Yeah, but we I'm I'm, I'm talking about Overeem now. People before kind of got into that mentality, even if you look against Brian Rothwell and Travis Brown fights. And and uh, Bigfoot Silva as well, more so than than those two even. They waited you know, over him, hit and he hit and he hit and then he got a little bit tired and then they knocked him out. Now he's not fighting that way, he's not getting himself tired, he's not putting himself into that situation. He's waiting, he's waiting, he's biding his time and he's boom, he's in that one big shot and knocking guys out. Or he's winning the decision, he's not getting hit and he's coming in hitting. Now that's a very, very, very tough thing to cope with at heavyweight. When you're facing a guy like Alistair Overeem, like, as you said they're K1 kickboxing world champion, you don't see that in MMA every day. You know, you don't see that quality. You, we see it when guys, with guys like, say, like Wanderboy or, you know, Anderson Silva is a great striker, or, or, you know, you can name a lot. You can name a lot of wrestlers and stuff, but at, at heavyweight especially, you don't you don't see it an awful lot. And well, you can, you know, you can name probably a you know, one-handy amount of guys with, with a striking acumen like that. So this is going to be a very tough fight for Stipe Miocic. Now, as I said, what Stipe has on his side is that athleticism, is that speed, is that accuracy. But it's still, no matter what you do, If, if Overeem is in an ultra defensive mode, which, which he's been in for a long time, it makes no difference because you won't be able to hit him. He's going to keep out of your distance. And, you know, he knows that he has long arms. He can move off. He can keep away from him. And he can, he can, you know, he can stay away from those strikes. And it's going to be very, very, very difficult for a steeper to get in. So I think this, I think this could be, you know, there's always a chance of a big knockout, but I think it could be a, a long game. I think it could be drawn out and, you know, it could be, could be a close fight.
0: When when, um, I said About Stipe being able to go forever I meant that more than More than usual in this fight now Overeem will be picking the shots Because of the knowledge That this is going to be going five rounds Or it could be going five rounds And Stipe is able to keep going Like He's able to Kick it in In fourth and fifth Do you know what I mean He's no stranger to five round fights He has gone the distance before He's been in He's been in muddy Murky waters (sighs) The The championship rounds, and I think that's exactly where this fight is going this weekend. I think it is going to be a really tentative striking affair. for the. F- I think Stipe's best way to win, Sean, is to just... He, he knows he can bank on his cardio, so go out, and he has to rush over him. I think he really can't afford to get into a picking-your-strikes-setting-up-your-strikes-sort-of-fights-with-over-him... His kick to the midsection, I would say, is the equivalent of a baseball bat being slammed into the side of your, your body. And couple into the fact that he may be inhaling while that's happening, and he's cre- he can crease the majority of heavyweights with his striking attacks. Stipe, I think, has to bull rush him. He has to come in, and he has to be throwing fire. And even if he's not just running and throwing, he needs to be putting a high pace so Overeem is fighting defensively but he's also having to expand energy fighting defensively he needs to try push him up against defence he needs to try and move him get into grappling exchanges with him at defence Overeem's cardio the only way it can go Sean it's not from him expending energy trying to wipe Steep it out himself or showing maybe a higher volume of striking that we saw from him maybe five, six, seven years ago it's he can lose cardio from trying to keep himself alive in this fight do you know what I mean? From keeping himself away from Stipe or having to grapple and landing shots while you're in grappling exchanges and breathing heavy already. First UFC title fight. Do you know? It's just. <clears throat> that's going to be a factor as well. It's not just can Overeem fight his tippy, I don't want to say tippy tappy style because of the excruciating power that's probably behind every one of the strikes. But he can't fight in that way because and say, okay, my cardio is not going to go down.
1: Yeah, I, look. What I think Overeem really needs to do in this fight is what he's been doing the last few fights. You know, throw out that jab, keep Steepy at the, at the end of the jab, force him to get a little bit, uh, you know, a little bit out of his game, a little frustrated, and then land that land that big shot. Whether that's in the first round, second round, third round, I don't think Overeem minds as long as he gets the opening to land it. Now what deep needs to do is he he needs to get off the end of that jab. That's going to be difficult, but I you know, I think he can do it. To be honest, I think he needs to use his speed and he needs to not load up in the one-punch one, one punch shots because if you load up with one-punch, you know, shots at heavyweight, like we see a lot, you know, because as, as I said, that one-punch can knock you out. If he, if he does that, loads up with one shot, oh, that's easy for Overeem to to counter. That's exactly what he wants. He wants him to load up in that one shot so he can get out the way of it and he can counter it. So what Zipman needs to do is he needs to throw, I think he needs to throw large quantities of shots, you know, throw your ones, twos, threes and fours at speed, maybe not at a hundred percent, but get him in there landing, even if even if Overeem's blocking him. You know, remember that that said that combination down Cerrone, Ronnie True. I know obviously uh, Steve is a lot bigger; it's going to be harder for trying to that. Try, but change it up like that. You know, head, body, leg kick, head kick. You know, all different things, all different looks. Don't let him get into a um, a place where he can see what no one see what's coming next. That's exactly what you don't want against Overeem. And I think if you do that. <clears throat> You can wear Overeem down. You can wear him down not only with strikes, but you can wear down his cardio, make him tired, make him think he is losing rounds. Try to bring him anti. You. you know, if that goes into the second or third round, Overeem is gonna have to get out of his game. He's he's not gonna be able to keep doing that because he's gonna realize at some stage that okay, I'm not gonna be able to hit steeper here. He's not leaving any openings. I'm gonna need to push out to push out of my game and attack him. And if he gets to that position. Okay, maybe he won't do that and maybe he'll just keep going and lose a decision or get finished. But he's a smart guy. I think he'll he'll do it eventually. I think that'll open it up for Steve uh, even more, or it could open up and he'll get a finish. But I think over him I think he will be patient though. I think it'll take a long time for him to do that. Um and I, I think he's committed to this game now. He has been you know, he's been doing it for the last three fights or so. The the clinch and the groundwork, I think you touched on it there. I think Stipe has a very good clinch and he's good wrestling, good takedowns, good underground. But <clears throat> it's very hard to take over him down. He's good submissions and his fence work is phenomenal as well. You know, his knees to the body, if you get caught with one of them, they can end the fight. You know, he is absolutely devastating with knees to the body and stuff. So for me, this is just a fascinating fight. You've two two really good guys. But to be honest... <clears throat> I think there's something special about Steve Bermiocic over the last couple of fights. You know, he's one of those guys I always thought, okay, could, could he reach the next level? Could he get there? He had all the tools. He never really lost to anyone that bad. You know, What was he? Two losses. He, okay, he lost to Stefan Struve back in the day when he was only two or three years in as a pro. He, he's only six years as a pro still now at the moment. And he's only lost to that one, to Stefan Struve and, and Junior Dos Santos. This guy, I think he is something special, and it's a weird thing that okay, I, I'm going to say something now, and it's probably not going to happen. But I think he could be the oh. guy. I think he could be the guy that goes on and defends his title three, four, five times. I think he could be that guy. You know, he'll probably get knocked out this week, weekend because I said that now. But I think he has the ability to do it with heavy, obviously at heavyweight. You just, you just never know. But I think he is, he is a special fighter.
0: Is he the John Joan of the heavyweight division?
1: I would not got that far, no. But like, if you look at the those rankings in heavyweights, you have
0: favorable matchups. Doing, from in fairness to be able, no, to no, I wouldn't say favorable streak. matchups. But you have
1: all guys there, and like, and you have guys that are not improving; that they are what they are, and maybe falling down a little bit. Whereas Overeem is just getting better and better and better. He what is he? Thirty three, maybe. But as I say, six years as a pro. He's just you know he his body hasn't taken that much wear and tear Why he was doing i think he was doing um baseball or something you know it's he's not doing a contact sport before that he's he's a good athlete you know he doesn't have that much wear and tear in his body it's only only two losses only what one knockout was it yeah that's all I think and um you know I think he has the ability to do it now whether he does do it or not, I don't know, but on the other side of it then It'll be nice to see Overeem winning as well Get you know, a strap, yeah Yeah, he's been there a long time And I don't think anyone will be You know, too sad Whoever wins this fight I think it's two Two good guys Two Guys that have You know, paved their Their way to the top And who deserve to be in this fight
0: Alistair Overeem wins the title UFC do a Fox show In the Netherlands Early 2017 And that's uh, And that's your Your main event
1: yeah. Right, let's just go quickly through the rest of Carver because we're running tight in time. Um Verdum against Brown, the rematch of their fight from a while back.
0: Big Brown.
1: Yeah. Well, not Big Brown, Travis Brown. Big Brown's British out. I think um I think Verdoom should win that. You never know what his chin is now after getting chin checked there and Brown could knock him out as well. But I think uh I think Verdun will will take him down. His wrestling has been improving an awful lot. He, even if he goes down to his back, you know he likes to pull gardens off. If he can get over him on the ground for any while, at all I think he can he can have his way with him. How do you think he's gone?
0: You're uh, you're tired, Sean. You just said over him on the ground.
1: Oh, did I? Oh, sorry. My bad. Sorry,
0: it's okay. Wrong. Again, jujitsu will prevail here. I think uh, the Fabrizio Verdun heavyweight reign that we saw that was very enjoyable over the last couple of years. To be fair. I don't think it's completely unwritten. I don't think uh, he is now out of touching distance of being able to beat Stevie Miocic and reclaim the title over the next two years. For example, that being said, we can afford absolutely no setbacks for Fabricio at this stage in his career. Is his chin gone? Is he going to be more cut? Like even if his chin isn't gone, Sean, and his chin is is held up and it's okay, it's now in his head. You know, I've been finished. Brutally recently Do you know what I mean I am human again I can be I can be hit And To be honest Brown is a guy I think it's It's too much of a cliche To say that he's a Heavy hitter Because he is a heavyweight But You know In my opinion Has been largely Underwhelming Since moving to uh, Glendale Fight Club
1: What are you talking about Edmund Edmund knows
0: It's the gimmick The gimmick (laughs) we're going with here Um, I appreciate it I appreciate it, I'm not going to lie, but where does he beat him, do you know, I don't see any particular area, Fabricio Verdum, if we're going to talk grappling credentials, yeah, he has him every single day there, he has no problem pulling guard in a mixed martial arts fight and probably would be able to submit Travis Brown from there, when we're looking at the striking, it's the one area that we talk about in Fabricio Verdum that hasn't come on leaps and bounds within the last two years, has been is the improvements in his hands, compared to the Fabrizio Verdun that was released by the UFC, like, what, yeah. four or five years ago? Do you know, after coming off a stupid loss? Do you know, it, to me, It uh, not a stupid loss, but he was... Who beat him?
1: JDS uh, knocked him out, didn't he? With a big uppercut.
0: He did, surely. I just... Yeah. Uh, you were quicker than Wikipedia that day, Sean. Mm, Sean knows. Then he went to, to strike force. But yeah. for me, uh, Fabrizio Verdun has improved mostly in that area. So that's... Uh, a leveller Playing field I suppose you could say yeah. Do you know But he's not Fabrizio Verdum of A couple of years ago Wouldn't Want to really trade With Travis Brown But now he's going to have No hassle with it And even then Sean Jiu Jitsu guy Who knows he's much better Than someone on the ground Yeah I'll trade with you You're not going to knock me out I'll just go to my back I'll go down from the shot And you come into my garden. I'll tap you
1: Stick up his leg Give him a single leg Go on take That's me down it. there Travis yeah,
0: come on yeah. Go for it Travis You can't slam on his head You can't You can't <laughs> Don't you <laughs> Uh, yeah, I suppose we
1: move on Uriah Faber against Jimmy Rivera you know another Faber win there more than likely
0: no 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 another no. Uriah Faber looking laboured over three rounds and then getting <laughs> yeah. a decision win probably
1: yeah Uriah Uri isn't what he used to be in fairness I'm really looking forward to Jessica Andrade against Joanne Calderwood that is hot fire written all over it that's a great fight I think Andraj probably wins it but you know it'd be great to see Joanne Calderwood get the win there and Get a title fight, you know. There's there's a couple of cards coming up. Maybe it's too early for the Manchester one, but um That'll maybe first, maybe that. not Belfast even no, Gunner. Yeah, but even if if they were to bring a card to Poland, Joanne Collarwood against Joanna Jacek or well, Joanna Jacek is fighting Kowalkiewicz I suppose. But I think Joanne Collarwood's close to that anyway. I think I think that's a good fight though. It's going to um, cause
0: a civil war in Poland. That title fight, would you believe? I yeah. have that on good theory And you know what CM Punk's getting too much Of the rub of the green Sean Because it's not going to be him That the people are going to be Tuning in for They're going to be so hyped After a high profile action On Fox Sports 1 Culminating in the biggest Mixed martial arts Female star in history Bitch Is back
1: Bitchy She's Jessica I Fighting more than Sam Alvey These days Jessica I's always fighting didn't, didn't Needs she just... that uh,
0: Reebok tier money
1: I mean, Possibly yeah Yeah She's I'm not sure Who wins that one though Mitch is clean useless. Jessica I thought she was I, I great hope for Jessica once, but she's been pretty bad lately. <sighs> I don't know. Who do you think will win that one?
0: Um to be honest, I think uh, I think Beth is, is Beth is I'm on the Beth Hype train show. <laughs> Are you? Your no, Honourable. I'm not at all, but I just think it's maybe too late to the dance for Jessica. I, I think she's yeah. actually she has been around for um for I don't want to say quite a while, but she fought Ashing Daly like early in her pro career anyway. She lost Ashing Daly, but do you know, three on the bounce, I think both girls are fighting for their uh fighting for the Uf- oh. their UFC futures here. But not bitch with the world star bitch. Yeah, but she's she'd be 0 three then. But I suppose I she... is 0 and three going into this fight. Do you know what I mean? So I would uh Guy has her back up against the fence, but I can't see her uh I just I am looking forward to Beth entering the cage and stamping and throwing laboured <laughs> strikes. <laughs> the athletic female <feeling laughs> on en route used. en route to a decision victory.
1: The only other fight on this card I really care about is Ian McCall against Ray Borg. I think that's a phenomenal fight.
0: Nile McGrath. Beth is that's the only reason he's Best going friend. to Ohio. That's the only reason Nile is going to Cleveland, ladies and gentlemen. This Drink week.
1: points. Drink points with uh, Drink Damon pints Martin as well.
0: With Damon Martin and to chat with Ian McCall. <laughs> That's all. Yeah. Uh, the man who could be king, Sean. The man.
1: I, I think Ray Barg will beat him. I'm a big fan of Ray Barg, the Taz Mexican devil. He's a very, very good fighter. I think Borg will beat him. Taz I think Ian e. McCall. E. McCall wins most fights by being really, really fast and fighting on the outside and coming in, hitting you, running away. I think Ray Bar is too fast for him. I think Ray Borg is faster than him, and I don't think he can do that against Ray Barg. I think Borg will come in. And I think you might take him down even. He'll land a lot of big shots on him. You, you know, Ian McCall has a little bit of the Uriah Fabers about him now. You know, he was, it's a pity because guys like, guys like Ian McCall, maybe Uriah Faber a little bit less, but he was the best fighter in the world before his division came in to the UFC. And now he's a little bit old. You know, he's a lot, had a lot of fights and he's back and he's just not that anymore, I don't think. You know, I remember he nearly beat, um, he did. Uh, yeah exactly um, what's his name Demetrius Johnson not too long ago like, but yeah it's just unfortunate and I think I think Ray Borg takes that one
0: fun fact Sean yeah Ray Borg is a year younger than me Gee, is he? yeah pretty depressing it's, actually it's, yeah I yeah, hate
1: when people do that <sighs> did you know if soon we're going to have the first like we're going to have people fighting in the UFC and like in the Premier League who were born in this millennium it's going to be depressing. We're not far away from that. Like it's 2016 now.
0: Well, we are. Oh, this millennium. Yeah,
1: like born after 2000.
0: Oh yeah, that's going to be shit, isn't it? That is going to be depressing.
1: Like Marcus Rashford, I think he was born in like 99 or something.
0: What a Oof. dickhead! Like, yeah. That. That's Alex Hunter. You mean who? Alex Hunter. Is Alex Hunter? Oh, the new FIFA uh, 17 has like a story oh, story yeah. mode. Alex Hunter. Based off Marcus Rashford, I would guess. You'd the have best. to imagine. And he was
1: born in 97. i got mad. He's really old. He's 18.
0: Oh, well, then. It's his birthday
1: coming up there in a couple of weeks. Happy birthday, Marcus. <laughs> <You're listening. laughs> big fan of the
0: podcast. <laughs> big, big fan of the podcast. We know you're a big fan. Right,
1: let's get on to some
0: more action. <laughs> who, who is not going to be a big fan of the podcast after this weekend?
1: Referees, MMA referees.
0: And also the two men in the main event at the weekend. <laughs> I thought our blushes would be spared. I thought we were not going to have to see it. I thought, absolutely beautiful. Both men have rocked each other here within the first 30 seconds and the first significant strike that's landed. We are going to be done this fairly soon and we can go about the rest of our days. Instead, I was treated to absolutely everything that we had expected that this fight could have been. Sloppy grappling exchanges, stalling on the ground, like... I just felt so bad for Dan Hardy. Like he got roasted so many times on the commentary during this fight, when he was like, "Oh, Barnett is a master at holding people up against the cage." Arlovski reversed it with ease before the words were even out of his mouth, and then <laughs> cracked them with an elbow off the exchange, off the disengagement. I was just like, <laughs> "Just typical." Like, do you know what I mean? It's like what you want to happen just doesn't happen. Do you know? And instead, we're watching. Even in the octagon, guys that looked like maybe they didn't want to be there, and it was just slow, unathletic, labored grappling, labored fighting. <laughs> sh- shots that were landing like gusts of fucking hurricanes, knocking the other guys onto knees. Like Sean, that fight like shouldn't be happening. Like, do you know what I mean? Josh Barnett took serious Barnett. shots. Took Barnett. Sorry, I'm thinking it's of Luke. Because people give
1: out. you. I have to. Give I'm out.
0: thinking yeah. of Luke. Josh yeah. Barnett. Yeah. Okay, Josh Barnett, Josh Barnett, Josh Barnett. Okay, it's ingrained in my memory forever now. Barnett. <laughs> <laughs> I was just about to do that, actually. Getting, like, cut, like taking knees, like, the le- the right hook that he landed on Arlovsky in the first round when you saw it slow down was, like, it landed, and Arlovsky's jaw just kind of locked for a second,
1: yeah.
0: wobbled massively back and forth, and then he just took a knee, and that was, like, the equilibrium gone completely. And the fight had its good moments Like, for fair enough Maybe the grappling is slower Maybe there are bigger guys But still, Josh Barnett looked pretty Oh my god <laughs> Josh Barnett looked pretty impressive on the ground I was glad to see that um, His control on top in particular He had beautiful setup attempts From his keylock and kimura positions He was able to hit a kimura trap Which is like a standing kimura grip And when you kind of roll them over your shoulder, and he hit that with pretty good ease. But at the same time, it was just pure luck. Andrey Arlovsky hit repeated outside trips. Yeah. Trip after trip after trip, and it was just on one of them that he put too much momentum onto it and ended up getting swept himself. Do you know what I mean? But if you're watching two 25-year-old guys that get into that position, it's a sweep. It's not one guy falling over. It's The guy on bottom is actively... Trying to flip him over Do you know But that just kind of happened And Josh landed on top And it was just Like there was just so many Like incomplete holes To that fight It was just frustrating Watching it Your thoughts
1: I actually thought this fight I agree with what you said About it being bad But I actually thought It was a lot better Than
0: I thought it was going to be No me too Because of the action (laughs) On the feet Do you know what I mean It was just good crack It was a good scrap Yeah Yeah.
1: Yeah. But I thought even all of it I thought it was I (laughs) thought it was I'm getting a bit curmudgeonly in my old age, but I don't mind the fins work. I don't mind the takedowns. I like seeing a bit of groundwork, you know, between two old guys like that. I don't, I don't mind that. I actually thought, I didn't think they gassed out that much. I didn't think it got that sloppy. Okay, there was a lot of cage work and stuff, but I'm okay with that. I thought it, I thought it was okay. Um, I was expecting it to be a lot worse. I was expecting it to get very, very sloppy, and I don't think it really did that. I think it maybe ended just maybe as it was getting there, maybe Arlovski did a little bit towards the end of the second. But I think that was not to get hurt as well. Um, I think this and maybe the top three fights in this card, I think they had all something in common. I think that was the most inte- the more intelligent fighter won the fight on all all three of of those uh, fights. Shout. I think Arlovski early on he knew it. We we were discussing it last week that his chin, okay, yeah. it mightn't hold up. But I think he had to kind of put it out there and he had to put it on the line for the hope of, of for his only hope to win, really. I think his hope to win was to be quicker early and to land. Uh, other than that, I don't. I think Barnett was just the smarter guy. He pushed him up against the fence. That's where he's very good. As you said, he took him down with that beautiful double, uh, double wrist lock takedown, you know, tried to get him in the Camorra. Almost had it, he got out of it, then he almost finished him, then he went to the, to the third and he, he uh, submitted Arlovsky. First 39th fight for Arlovsky is the first time he's ever submitted, so that's how good Josh Barnett is uh, as a submission guy on the ground. You know, Probably the best ever in heavyweight history up there with the likes of Nogueira, Frank Mir, maybe not, to, maybe I think Frank Mir might be slightly ahead, but I think Barnett is definitely up there as well. So I was... It was a good fight. Like Barnett is a guy. I don't think he gets enough respect, even you know, even when I'm talking about him and stuff. He's put a put a great career up there, and it's it's not easy at heavyweight. You know, we I know we said it nauseum. I've said it five or six times already in this podcast it's very easy to put a, a losing streak together you can get hit once and you're gone you know at heavyweight and that has happened to him a couple of times it's happened to Arlovsky even like look at the Barnett fight uh, against Hollow, uh, not Holloway Rothwell, where he got the, the I go-go would look choked.
0: at that now that you mention it
1: yeah you know, where he got go-go choked you know that was that's something you wouldn't think that would happen you know even with Arlovsky in this time never been submitted 38 fights get submitted it's it's not something you'd, you'd think would happen so heavyweight is that kind of unknown but yeah when they both came through it early, it was, it, it showed how much heart they have, how tough these guys are, and you know how, why they're still fighting at this age. You know, people are calling Farlovsky's to uh, Farlovsky to retire and stuff. I'd have no problem if he retired. You know, he's old enough. He's done. He's not to prove. But I wouldn't mind him seeing him fighting again after the the fight he put up at the weekend. Look, he got he got he lost or whatever. But I thought he put up a good enough fight to show that he still has some some uh, you know, some petrol left in the tank. I think the same goes goes for Barnett. Wouldn't mind seeing him fighting someone like Mark Hunt or someone like that or either of them fighting Mark Hunt. You know how to be a good fight as well. Uh, Josh Barnett against Derek Lewis.
0: I would mind seeing that fight. oh I'd watch it. Mm, I point. are we moving on to the main event? To we come can. The
1: Yeah. What did you think of that one?
0: <sighs> frustrating. It was frustrating to say the least. Uh, for me, you know, I I'm a massive proponent of scoring a fight towards the guy who's active off his back. But to me, Blackowitz just seemed to have maybe out of a five minute fight, uh, a five round fight, two minutes of where he wanted to be attacking. And two minutes when he was okay, just staying safe and surviving on his back. Because that's pretty much what happened. Do you know, he, in my opinion, landed much more impressive shots on the feet than Gustafsson did. And landed shots that hurt him. And the fight was going to the ground, he was active, big swinging arches with his legs for armbar attempts being really loose on his hips. you know The one problem you see with mixed martial arts, guys who play off their back or guys who are on their back, is both of their hips are centered on the mat. Their sit bones, the the top of their ass, the bottom of their back are always on the mat. But you notice a good guard player is always one raised off the other. You're kind of leaning to your side a tiny bit. You've got more weight going that way. So if you're able to hook a leg or if you're able to pull the posture down, you can start working for a sweep or you can start bringing your left leg or your, your further leg, so say if I reached around to the side the right hand side of someone Sean, my left leg would naturally start to come up. And that's yeah. how people are able to play high guards and maybe start introducing rubber guard and go for good arm bars and good good setups from there. And that's exactly what Blackwitch had. And it was beautiful to see. But unfortunately, Gus like he has zero takedown defence. Yeah. Gustafson was able to take him down at ease. Realised early on that black which is best was when Gustavson was trying to pass on the feet do you know when he was able to push his legs back and forth and have more of an active guard so instead he just stuck on the knees the whole time Gustafsson I'm not I don't want to sound like I was um just throwing his striking under the bus there because there was a couple of um we've all I've always rated his boxing I've always rated his hands and this weekend more than anything I thought it was prominent throughout the uh, the card or from what I saw the card the fights we were talking about the uh, Great use of slips, slipping strikes from Gustafsson. He was really able to make Blackwich miss, especially in the second and third round when he started to get just that little bit more tired.
1: Yeah, he did come into the fight a lot more, but at the start he was getting absolutely chewed up on the feet. Even, oh, I think massively. it was the very, very first punch landed, Blackwich opened up a cut under his eye and I was swelling up. And he was I thought he was going to get knocked out at one stage. I, I know you, I, the lads were at on, and I was kind of texting him up there and I was like... It's not going good for Gustafsson. You're like uh, 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 at the one stage at the very start, but as I said, that intelligence—he took—he took him down. And all people give out maybe other panic grapplers. He was getting beaten to the feet. He took him down. I'm never—I've never, never bought into that. I hate that. Uh, I, I hate that word. I don't believe in it. I think it's intelligence. He was so—he was intelligent. He—he he was getting beat on the feet. He took him down to the ground. And he won it there, and I thought it was absolutely phenomenal, phenomenal um, showing of ground and pound. Top control, staying active when you're in someone's guard, trying to pass. I think Blackovic did a very, very good job of defending on the ground. You obviously you'll be able to talk about that more than me. He, he couldn't get past, you know, he couldn't pass his guard. He, when he did pass, he got straight back. Blackovic was He's attacking, recovered
0: with, his guard immediately. He beautiful. did he had a
1: very good recovery. Blackovic was attacking with armbars, couldn't couldn't get anything on. And I, I look, I had a bit of a problem. With Mark, I think it was Mark out of in that fight. Telling Gustafson to work, and he stood him up. Uh, one at least once, maybe a couple of times. I thought that was absolutely disgraceful. To be honest, Gustafson was working perfectly on his feet, or sorry, on on in ground and pound, on his knees, doing on his knees, yeah, doing loads of damage. This is MMA. This is fucking MMA. This is not striking. This is not kickboxing. You no, know, you could fight on the ground. If you're landing strikes, if you're trying to pass the guard, even if you're not trying to pass the guard, even if you're just landing strikes, you should be allowed to do that. Stop warning people to work. He's working. If he's throwing fights or uh, he's throwing fights, throwing punches, throwing body shots, you know, throwing to the head, throwing elbows, throwing elbows to the body. That's working. You know, if he, even if he's waiting waits, waits, tries to draw someone in, waits for him, maybe your man throwing an armbar before he tries to pass or before he throws uh, throws a punch. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with, say, with Conor McGregor moving for four or five seconds and then resetting and hitting. There's nothing wrong with strikers like Alistair Overeem standing back, playing the game, not throwing a punch for maybe 90 seconds and then coming in and hitting a punch. He can do that. Why don't you want hiring people like him, Warren, to work? You can do the same on the ground, okay? I'm not saying staying inactive for 90 seconds, but you can stay inactive for a couple of seconds when you're throwing a punch. And anybody him or, um, Gustafson wasn't doing that he was active all the time kept active there was no stage in that fight where it should have been stood up and no stage in that fight either for me where he should have even been warned I thought it was it's something we've talked about before and he that we was don't see very the active I thought it was phenomenal display
0: very very active and I think mixed martial arts referees are crippled with the fact that they're thinking I'd love to go to one of the referee courses just to get in to see what their actual criteria of it is because I can't speak freely on it But it seems like it's geared towards guys trying to pass the guard and pass the guard, get to mount. You know, if you're following the natural progression, you know, if you pass the guard and you get to mount, you're either going to finish them with strikes or they're going to give up their back and you're going to choke them. So it's like okay, if this one scenario doesn't happen, people bring up the same argument for the scoring system in jiu-jitsu. You need two hooks in, even though a body triangle is probably more effective. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But you don't get points for it. Do you know? And there's multiple now different ways and definitions of the word control. Do you know? So I think some of the rules maybe need to be rewritten. Mm-hmm. What happens when a guy like Alexander Gustafsson comes up against Blackwich is finding it incredibly hard to pass his guard shouldn't be standing up trying to pass it because that's where Blackwich is looking dangerous he has already got active off his back what if he tangles up the legs what if he starts throwing up kicks do you know what I mean Gustafson fought a perfect fight yeah. he was He's being like, active enough in the guard on top yeah. looking for passes and it was kind of when you're talking about the stand up I'm now realising from this point of view is that kind of the referee's way of saying alright you couldn't pass his guard back up do you know, like, there is nothing more frustrating than seeing two guys circle each other in a tentative striking match in mixed martial arts, and there's nothing that can be done on it. Start them in mount. Do you know what I mean? Do the opposite. Stop the <laughs> fight and make them go to mount. Make them go to 50-50 guard and punch each other in the face.
1: I like it. Ryan Allwin win every fight then. But, like, it's like, it's like Wonderboy fighting on the outside, you know, head, hitting you with head kicks and telling him, "No, oh, you have to come inside, you have to fight inside, you have to fight in the pocket no just let them fight where they want to fight I like, I think MMA is becoming it's getting too far away from wrestling and jujitsu. I think they need to bring it back a touch I think it's getting too far away you know we talk about octagon control fair enough it, it shouldn't be scored as much but I think you know I think takedown should be scored to be honest I think the, I think there's something okay fair enough if you don't do anything from a takedown don't score it as much but I think when you someone, taking someone down is a thing in MMA I think it should be scored I think it's still a big thing I think you know, okay, just controlling someone there if they're doing that, and you can win. Like you can win a fight off the back, off your back. Like look at Neil Siri, how active he is off his back with strikes and elbows and things like that. You know, you can win fights from there So I think you need to let people fight in the ground more than they are at the moment. I, I think it's. I don't like the way MMA has gone that way. I th- I, I really don't. I think I think that um, the game. I think we're changing it. Maybe I think that, you know there's a little bit of. You're, you're trying to fix something that isn't broken a little bit and uh, I think it could get worse the way it's going because you're ruining it you're, you know you're turning into this is we want guys like Tito Ortiz years ago who were able to take guys down keep them like Alexander and did or like Mirko Korokov did in a fight recently like loads of people have done going back years and years like Daniel Carmier does let People do that Look if, if they're not moving Fair enough If they're not doing anything Stand them up Definitely 100% But if they're there If they want to stay in the guard For 15 minutes landing strikes They should be allowed to do that In my opinion
0: Exactly Very well put Viva la revolution The Sheehan Act of 2016 More than likely instead You're just going to get a barrage Of abuse And snipey messages about you
1: Unless Damien Miles fighting Wonderboy then stand it up, for a breath.
0: Up <laughs> Fuck that! Outstanding, yeah. outstanding. And now, Sean, the fight yes. that I probably enjoyed the most out of all three, and the fight that was probably the most frustrating and like devastating a loss for Ilir Latifi. Well, if you're talking about fight IQ and if you're talking about decision-making processes and considering the fight went two and a half, well, one and a half rounds. The finish came in the second. How many times did Latifi drop his head up in that point? He's a guy who puts his head straight down to hip level with every takedown he throws and an awful lot of strikes. His head was like, I'm not even convinced that that knee was a knee from Bader. I think it was going to be a kick and the knee just connected. He rammed his head into the knee. Watch that fight back and see when Latifi changes levels how many times his head goes down so low. Now I didn't hear what was said in between the corners. I didn't know if it was something that Ryan Bader was told or maybe his corner man shouted, but I was just like after. So after you putting in the WhatsApp about the knee, and then watching the full fight, I was like, absolutely, this fight is going to end in a flying knee. It's going (laughs) to end in a knee. Like you know, it was like if if you hadn't put that in, I'd like to think that I might have picked up on something like that myself up until that point, but it's just. It was, it was such an unfortunate loss for Latifi because he was winning the fight, in my opinion, up to that point. I think it was a very close fight, a very good showing from him. He dropped Bader at one stage up against the cage, I think, towards the end of the first round. You could argue a little bit more time and he could have got a finish. A frustrating performance for Latifi because he's shown, in my opinion, that he's able to hang with guys at that level and maybe even beyond. You know, this was the question that we were asking. We were thinking, like, is it, this is a good good test for him? Despite the fact that he uh, is no longer the guy that has appeared on the most Conor McGregor cards. He's now develop- developing a good name for himself and is a good fighter. And I don't, I just think that that loss in the UFC's eyes, they'll be like, right, go on, go on back there for a while. I think he's a much better fighter than what he's shown at the weekend. I think he got caught. I think plain and simple. The knee landed flush. It put him on his back. It was an outstanding knockout. As you said, probably a good contender for knockout of the year already. But to me, it was a mistake. And it's something that hopefully can get fixed.
1: I think Bader is a good fighter too. I think Bader's a little bit... I'm I'm giving Bader no
0: credit here. Sorry about that, (laughs) actually, by the way, Ryan. I know you're also a big fan of the pod.
1: Uh, (laughs) I think the thing
0: about Latifi is...
1: What you said there was right, but I think because Bader is such a good fighter, I think he has to change things up when you're fighting someone that good. So you have to dip your head to look for a takedown, or, or maybe not leave it so open, but you know just get down there to change it up. When he is maybe throwing a kick or when he throws a big overhand, you have to change levels. You have to do things like that against guys like Bader. And, okay, he, as you said, he, he kept doing it over and over, and you you could kind of see it coming as the fight went. Um, But it was, it was one of those fights that... Bader I thought is a little bit better everywhere than Latifi but he was still losing you know it, it it was one of those weird fights I think Latifi is one of those fighters he fights up to his level he, you know he, he's a very very good good fighter he's kind of one of these guys that became like a hardcore darling but he's actually steadily improved I'd on Twitter. a little bit like Nikita Krylov as well one of those guys and uh, you know that's just on the up and up uh, all the time and you have to you know you have to give it to him um
0: Fought very for, well at the weekend.
1: He, he did fight, fight very well, and he almost had a better up. But I'm, you know, I'm happy for Bader as well because that Anthony Johnson fight was very, um, very tough on him. And he went in there, he kind of shot the bed for all intents and purposes, really in his big shot where he had the title on the line. You know, he probably should have got a title shot before that. Even himself and Daniel Cormier were kind of calling each other out, and he, you know, it was. Just, well, Anthony Johnson had just lost and stuff like that, and he could have gotten it. So it's it's you know it's nice to see him getting back in there. With light heavyweight so so poor at the moment, he could be on the fast track back to maybe another title shot. We'll see how not at the moment, but maybe in one or two fights. Uh, so it was it was nice for him. Uh, it was one of those fights. It was there wasn't much happening really. There was a lot of oh could this big shot land? Is it going to land? And then Latifi landed one, and then Bader landed one, and then it was over. So. Yeah, I I wouldn't say I was lucky. I think it was someone was going to land and it was just uh, Bader was the one that landed. But um, the rest of the card, I suppose we we'll get on to a couple more cards at the weekend uh, in a second. But I think Nick Hine against Taehyung Bang was an absolutely woeful fight. Just awful altogether. Even worse was um, Christian Colombo against Jarris Dano, One of the worst fights I've ever seen, which went to a draw. Um, Jack Ramanson debuted in a good, with a good win in a good fight against Scott Ascombe Jim Wallhead, um lost his debut as well it was a close decision I gave it to Iari but I, I was kind of split between both of them to be honest it was one of those fights most people I think scored it for Jim Wallhead, so you can he can be a little bit disappointed in that he didn't pick up that one uh, he almost had him finished near the end and Nicholas Salby as well lost to Peter Sabata in a, in a tough fight for him but let's get to a couple of the fights Sean That'll come out this weekend, yes.
0: Just very quickly. Eight decisions on that card at the weekend. And exactly what we spoke about last week. A flat atmosphere. Mm -hmm. How do you think those people felt in there to see three finishes out of 11 fights over the course of six or seven hours? Do you know what I mean? It can be soul-destroying. It can be so hard, so tough. Not even the local token guy's at the bottom of the card to make sure people are electric, people are excited. I know they tried, the f- crowd did sound pretty good throughout the, the fights that I saw, so I'm not like just doing that to rip on the crowd and being like, oh, Belfast will be better. But if you, like, I saw James Elliott put something up about how second fight of the arena and the uh, second fight of the night in the arena is almost full. It's like, well, UFC Belfast, if you put a local man on that first fight, if you put Carl Moore to open that card, you know it's going to be packed from the first fight. And that's how you build an atmosphere. UFC Dublin all over again. Anyway, this weekend, what are we talking yeah, about? B-A-M-M-A mm. or something else? Oh,
1: there's a lot of things coming up. There is we a lot. We spoke about CM Punk and stuff. We've got Cage Warriors. We've got Bama. We've got Kell Brook against Gennady Golovkin. We've got Man United against Man City. We've got Rangers against Celtic. It's all going down. It's all going down. Let's talk about and Bama you're, first, you're considering not, they're in
0: Ireland. You're not yeah? going to get... This bullshit of, my one thing I hate, Sean, when there's super Sunday fixtures. Hey, tell the wife to get to the kitchen for Sunday. It's <laughs> lad day at the TV. The sandwich. Crack the cans, boys. It's the old firm derby. You know, like, fuck off. Like, do you know what I mean? That sort of shit needs to just, I've seen it already all week. Do you know what I mean? What a day for sport. Clickbait.ie. Hope I'm, you don't have anything planned for this Sunday. Whopper how, day of sport planned.
1: I got, my, I got my retweets out of that already, so we can, yeah, we can oh, all leave it. Oh, did you? We yeah,
0: okay. All. Oh, my God. I just insulted you without even see your tweet. I'm so sorry. What you're not going to see, though,
1: from I'm a, me. I'm a sports reporter, so I have to. That's my job. You Andy.
0: have to. It's your job. You're mm-hmm. dedicated to it the exact same way. You're going to see probably a generic tweet from me throughout the week talking about Bama being the best domestic card that they've ever brought to the... Country And also the best Biggest night in Irish MMA's history Peter Carroll's old whipping horse That he likes to drag <laughs> out Every time <laughs> every, every Conor every two McGregor weeks. fights <laughs> But uh, what can I say I do it as well We all do He doesn't
1: listen anyway He'll never hear that
0: <laughs> Bama 26 was then this weekend In the three arena Unfortunately no longer headlined By the housewives choice The appointed Severe MMA nickname And also the host of the Severe Co-host of the Severe Sessions With Pete C. Carroll Chris Fields, unfortunately, not fighting the Bear Jew Paul Craig in the main event. Instead, Sean, I believe John Phillips is being promoted to the main event. Am I uh, right it, in saying that? Is that a, a bit of an odd main event for you? Title unification bout? Yeah,
1: well, I suppose it's not so, yeah, I mean, when you consider that.
0: cliche tweet about guests that didn't learn from Cage barriers and Nihilic, DJ Jack, Mike Linderman. I think. I,
1: and I've talked this for a while. I've Even probably with, tweeted that before as well. You though. probably have. Even with um with the other men of not know. I thought this card was perfectly set up for Paul Redmond in a big fight to to headline it. Now maybe I don't know, maybe he didn't want that for some reason. It's his first fight back, maybe he didn't want that. But I thought I thought that would have made good you know, he's the big I think he's the biggest name out of anyone in that card. I thought he would be the man, but it you know, there's a lot of good fights in it. That's that's nitpicking really. But if you had to pick One favorite fight out of this card, which one would it be?
0: Oh, Sean, I actually only looked at the card in full the first time, for the first time the other day, and there are so many fights that I either forgot about, didn't know were happening. Like, I'm gonna have to pick two if that's okay. Okay. I know you have. uh, People will have heard it. You're just. I already had it up, but I will click your link anyway. Okay. So.
1: Tell thought you were killing time there.
0: No, no, I wasn't at all. Andy Young has the potential to become another world champion this weekend. Do you know? Yeah. And you have to wonder, you're looking at tough the flyweights, the world championship thing. Why was Bama not giving a shit? Do you know, like yeah. you've got some absolute jokes of champions in there? Graham made what are fun you talking of me. About?
1: the Al- the Alaskan champion is a real he's a <sighs> real champion. What are you of course, talking about? of
0: course. Um, Graham made fun of me for trying to pronounce Andy Young's opponent's last name earlier on, so I don't want to really do it again because I fucked it up and I'm a little bit nervous about it. S-A-A-D-E-H Sadia. Sadia. That's it, I said Sada and he just kept laughing at me um, Ryan Curtis is fighting in the three arena This is going to be an absolutely huge thing. Do you know? Absolutely huge Is is he fighting Shaj Hack?
1: I don't know. That's what it says on the Bama page. That's a, I was, That's a big fight for him, isn't it? Sash is a good fighter. Yeah.
0: I don't think it is him. Is it not? No, I I don't think. I think it could be a similar name.
1: Yeah. Well, let's not. get on to the other ones. I'll, I'll send the WhatsApp there to Dave Fogarty and we'll see.
0: And we'll just find out because that will be a huge fight for exposure for Ryan Curtis if he can get a win over Sash Hack. That is a phenomenal fight. Um, you've got a good one floating under the radar in Mark Andrew versus Blaine O'Driscoll two well matched guys Uh, looking forward to seeing I was talking to Richie Smullen the other day at Naga he is beyond excited for this it is going to be it's going to be really really good to see him in there he's a lot of support coming and and that's pretty much it Sean inside of well Dave Fogarty and Barry Hanna to start off the fight but like Ben Forsyth opening the pro fights against a guy I who I don't know, like, that's kind of going to fly under the radar, I don't think, maybe, I think you're looking at, like, up until maybe the Charlie Ward fight, or the Darren O'Gorman fight, later on in the card, before you're starting to see outstanding action, do you know what I mean, or outstanding finishes, Johnny Dargan is fighting, but we're not too sure what that's uh, what that's going to be like either, so, it's... It's built to build well. It has the potential. If someone like Ben Forsythe wants to think he can go out and make a name for himself by lighting up his opponent in the the second fight of the night after the Fogarty curtain opener, then fair play to him. That may provide some sort of excitement, but I just don't see that really happening. I can see maybe a flat... A flat tone. and Not in the arena as such. But maybe for the first couple of fights. The last couple of Bama Sean. We've had guys like Darren O'Gorman in the opening fights. We've had guys like Dylan Took in the opening fights. And their ecstatic finishes. Electric finishes were what set the tempo for further up the card. Now you've got guys like Reese McKee further up the card. You've got Peter Queeley further up the card. You've got Alan Philpott really high up the card this time. Paul Redmond fighting someone like Chris Stringer. Do you know the guys that paved the way for the first two Bama shows are now either not on this card or really high up it do you know and this is the exciting thing for me now we're going to see these guys flourish at a higher rank of pro I know we're keeping it short on the Bama thing but Reese McKee Tommy McCaffrey is going to be an absolute barn fucking burner of a fight and Peter Queeley and Joe McColgan they are my two fights to pick out of anything here do not miss them too
1: yeah, I agree. I'm looking forward to seeing Reds are coming back as I, I mentioned earlier. I'm really looking forward to that. Some just looking through the card here, you know. Reds are really, by really Toehold. Yeah, did you say? I think it was a. Did he put it up or did someone else put it up? Uh, like a, um, a video of him doing a couple of takedowns and stuff he's wrestling you know he's is wrestling, is underrated
0: he's And know e at- judo as well he's got very good throws yeah. the video that was doing the rounds was him throwing Mick Brennan at an in-house Team Rhino competition and Andy Ryan chilling in the background just watching it being like I thought that fucker that you know <laughs> like he's just like my oh, my man you know that's all he was like yeah um okay so I suppose before we just jump Entirely to Liverpool across the pond, to the Mersey. Bama goes down this Saturday. The Three Arena. It is going to be electric. There, Richie Smullen has sold out of tickets completely. Do you know? It seems a lot more and more fighters I'm hearing are selling out of their quota of tickets. It seems like there is a real hype behind this event in terms of um. In terms of the attendances, it's still probably going to be tapered off. The arena will be further back, but I do see guys. I do see the atmosphere really picking off. My only issue is maybe towards and just after the Redmond fight is when you're going to start to see the the crowd pittering out, even though there's still three fights left. Alan Philpott, Andy Young, and John Phillips. Philpott and Young won't be garnering the support, you could say, travelling from Ballymena. As some of the Dublin guys would be. And that's not a slight on them or their fans. It's just because it's in Dublin. It's in the three arena. Lads are going to want to go to a fight on a Saturday night. If, uh, For example, someone like my barber, like Ryan Curtis, is fighting in the three arena. Do you know that sort of way? It turns into a night out very easily for people from Dublin. But for for travelling support, it's going to be a little bit different. So, fingers crossed. It's going to be brilliant. We, uh, Sean will not be there, unfortunately. I will be there cheering on Yogarty Dave Fogarty. Who takes best on look, Barry Hanna this best weekend? Best of luck, best Dave. Man, really. Best luck, Barry, as well as well. You're dead right. Yeah. We'll enjoy a good scrap. But that means no commentary on the fight, Bama. Hook your man up here. I'll take the hit. I'll 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 just Sean will will commentate on behalf. I will commentate on behalf of Sean. Yeah. I'll, I'll use a one. load of. Uh, I'll use a load of cliches. Punches and bunches <laughs> Oh Just roar a lot Oh Yeah Okay
1: Patty Pimblad's fighting For the kids' title as well I think we've talked enough About Patty Pimblad Over the last while Yes <laughs> You know we've talked a lot about him But definitely watch out for that we've Alex Nenland, to
0: yeah Leaving And yeah. um, now the title's up, up for grabs It is yeah Chris Fish Chris
1: Fishgold Is fighting as well that, sh- that should be a very Very good card It's going to be tough I think they're clashing Are they you know, it's hopefully they like give us an old fifteen minute break there in the bad to watch those two K. uh fights. It'd be nice of them, but hopefully that happens. I think Paddy Bimble, you know, we've talked about him lots now at this stage. But I think this has to be the fight. I hope he makes weight and hope he, you know, if he wins this, he gets. I think he gets to the UFC. So making weight is is the big thing. I think. I think if he'd made it the last time, he'd be in the UFC by now. But yeah, um, battles on us all well at the weekend. Uh, that was a good card. I think the uh, Pete Seed will probably talk about it in the podcast and the uh, talking balls as well. He was, you weren't at it Where you, Ado Daily stepped in. He was looking very jazzy in his in his suit. But uh, that was another good card. So, yeah, we're gonna be, you know, there's gonna be lots of um, talks of that. There's, they, they were going for the European championships, aren't they? The amateurs and stuff. So there's gonna yeah. be a lot, a lot more of that coming up over the next while. But um, just before we get into the questions, there, uh. Well, yeah, we'll just get straight into questions. So I'll, and I'll, I'll, while you're pulling them up, let me thank our sponsors, rosnutrition.com, who are great supporters of the Severe Men podcast and Severe Men in general. Um, they provide all the best nutritional supplements, vitamins, all good stuff like that, all over Ireland. For my money, the best in Ireland. One day delivery quick. Uh, if you head on over to rosnutrition.com, you can get 25% off your first order with the promo code severe MMA. That you can't do any better than that. You should, like, even if you if, even if you don't want it for yourself, you're not doing it. Your maybe your sister goes to the gym, maybe your your brother goes, maybe it's their birthday. My, my brother's birthday is coming up there next week. Do you know what he's getting? He's getting 25% off his first order at rostnutrition.com. I'm gonna write, oh. I'm gonna write that in the inside of the card. I'm gonna write severe MMA.
0: No, I was gonna say. I thought I was hoping you were going to say he's getting a fucking case of krill oil, and if he doesn't like it, there's nothing he can do about it. I thought that's where we were going. I'm so sorry for interrupting you, that, ladies and that, gentlemen. I
1: get to it, but okay. Oh, help us, help you. Twenty five percent off. Severnman. dot com. R O S Nutrition. dot com. Promo code Severnman.
0: Excellent, Sean. I yeah. just want to take a second before questions to thank you. The podcast is at a slightly later time this week. Thank you for accommodating me. That's okay. Burning no. the midnight oil here in Severe MMA HQ. We had a late one last night. Uh, fell asleep at the desk. Was woken up by my father this morning saying, what the fuck are you doing? I was like, well, I was sleeping. <laughs> you know, but... <laughs> so, prick. You prick, woke me up. So got back into bed for about an hour and then have been about my business today. And here we are, one o'clock in the morning, the podcast is dropping in a few hours, and I have the hottest questions of 2016 for you.
1: I wish I had an air horn right now. You had a what? An air horn.
0: I wish you still had the app. Yeah, but I have f- the app, but it takes well, too long. Unfortunately, uh, you didn't undo all of the old questions. So there were a couple of uh, <sighs> of repeats there.
1: They don't all come up with my phone, the bastards. But it's okay. Something,
0: it. something that we weren't... No, I have them here. It's okay. Um, something that we were going to talk about Yeah But unfortunately did not get to in our topics Here it is in the first question From Sweet. none other than One Mr. Podge hey, How big of a loss is Joe Silva to the UFC? Not only as a matchmaker But didn't he do a lot of talent scouting? Who can replace him? Sean Shelby and hire Ian Dean And Jude Samuel behind them. There you go Good crack
1: Yeah it's it's tough to know Like we don't know how much he did Let's be honest But from all sources and from all people behind the scenes he apparently did an awful lot and you know like more than more than you think if you don't if you don't know he's a lot of people probably don't know he's he's the UFC matchmaker he does from 155 pounds up Sean Shelby does from 145 pounds down with the two women's divisions as well and Joseph was leaving his post at the end of the year Um, so to replace me I think Ian Dean I think Ian Dean is the one you think of most now there's probably guys in America as well it's it's tough to know you know you probably think a lot of fighters could probably do the job as well they'd be good but a lot of guys, I think Dominic Cruz would be great at it. Obviously, he's still fighting, so I couldn't do it. Brian Stan has a lot of things to do. I think he'd be probably good at it. And, you know, there's guys like that. And it's hard to think after. You know, it's a very specialised thing. And I think you need someone like Ian Dean who's been doing it for so long to do it. So I think he'd be a very good choice. Um, yeah, look, Joe Silva.
0: Joe Silva worked from home, Sean. Did he? Joe, Shou- Joe Silva telecommunicated to work
1: that's a perfect perfect job isn't it what It's a perfect job isn't it?
0: A fe- well as you know I was up signing my new contract with Severe. I made today uh, yeah. in Graham's house some intense discussions and negotiations were had but we we thrashed through it in the end and uh, I got the Zoom recorder <laughs> back to be I'm able a, to I was just
1: to pay him to keep doing
0: it I uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say I got a 100% pay increase <laughs>
1: I got one of him recently too.
0: <laughs> Excellent. Um, this is all for uh, the customs to listen back to when we travel to America. You know, not really, not really We're
1: breaking down the fort wall here.
0: Oh, completely. But yeah, from what I saw Jordan Breen tweeting that he worked from home for a lot of the time. Like, and everybody in Zufa was afraid of him. Do you know? And he had a reputation for being having a little bit of a bad attitude. And also has spam emailed people about atheism before. Like the one thing apparently it's like that atheists have all the time is that they'll tell you about it you know the original yeah, like, vegan jokes yeah, were atheist jokes jiu-jitsu
1: people as well yeah, and all the people,
0: same. you know and it's like uh, we've spoke about that enough in this podcast but <laughs> to me just replace Joe Silva with a complex algorithm and then all will be alright
1: I like, I like your idea so, Next week we're gonna have Demetrius Johnson versus John Jones
0: versus inanimate an carbon rod. Oh
1: <laughs> right. um,
0: hail the rod! <laughs> Philip Moore wants to know who'll be the lightweight and welterweight champions in two thousand and seventeen.
1: Um, Wonderboy, easy, lightweight, um, two thousand seventeen. Mm, could be an Irishman. Could be I was actually watching Joe Duffy against Paria for the Paria's fight next week. Paria, Joe Duffy's a very good fighter, very good. I think um, I think if McGregor beats and McGregor fights Alvarez, he'll win. So that will probably take him into two thousand seventeen. Okay, fair enough. I'm going to say Conor McGregor, but then who's he going to fight after that? That's the big thing. I don't know if he fights Habib, I'd fancy Habib to beat McGregor. Tony or Finn.
0: Ferguson, oh my god, do it. Do it I
1: think Okay here's the answer There's going to be Two champions In the lightweight division The
0: moneyweight champion And Alright oh, okay I get you I thought you meant Two title belts I thought you were Really breaking The fourth there. Oh the million dollar man title Ted DiBiase universal,
1: universal title Oh
0: stop Sean I need to ask you You a question Before yeah. we get on To the next one do you just steal people's questions and base the thoughts of your podcast around them? Because Gavin Springett says, can Steepa be the heavyweight who breaks the title defense curse?
1: Uh, yeah,
0: he can. Excellent. So That's the answer to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's next for Ryan Bader?
1: Uh, I think Gustafson makes sense next for Bader. That makes sense. There, there's like, well, I was talking to Patrick about this the other day. It's funny, there's levels at light heavyweight. Unlike any other division, you have John Jones on one level, then you have Daniel Cormier on another level, then you have Anthony Johnson on another level. And I think ba- Gustafson is kind of with Anthony Johnson, even though I know Johnson knocked him clean out and stuff. I think Gustafson's there as well. And I think like Teixeira and Bader are just like a little bit under that as well. And then it's kind of falls off a hill very quickly. So I think you can't give Anthony- An- Alexander Gustafson anyone else really, except. Ryan Bader Glover just lost Um, I don't think you can I don't think that Jones fight makes sense now Um, Carme is going to be fighting Johnson so I think Bader is the one
0: If Jones is in the bad graces then it makes sense entirely I wouldn't rule it out in 2017 that's all I'm saying
1: No but I'd like Gustafson to get one more fight he didn't look that great at the beginning Yeah
0: that too Fair enough the Irish Ciaran says, by this time next week, who will have the better mixed martial arts record, CM Punk or Sean Sheehan? Sean Sheehan. We'll stay undefeated, ladies mm-hmm. and gentlemen. Somebody's oh. O has got to go. Yeah. I was hoping for something better than a yeah of that, John. I'm <laughs> it not does. Like,
1: I'm, I, have, I can't disagree with you. <sighs> you are 100% correct.
0: Thank you very much. Spencer Carpin wants to know, what are the three fights you think must be made for UFC 205? I will go first. Go on. Joseph Duffy to open the main card. Okay.
1: I think Duffy will be in Belfast. But Against
0: the Irish Dragon. Paul Felder. Like Paul it. Felder. We're setting the tone that's going to culminate in the bloody co-main event of Donald Cerrone versus Robbie Lawler or potential Mm. co-main event, we're not too sure yet. But I think the theme needs to follow up in that sense as well. Yeah. I think I would absolutely, for the purpose of massive entertainment, Alaya Quinta versus Jim Miller would be a very enjoyable fight for the New York crowd, I believe. Yeah local man in ally Quinta he will you know you just you can't kinda of have to fill the card around with those sort of people. But Hmm and a third fight. You give me so, your first two you, what well, I given, think of my
1: I... you've given three there haven't you? Have I? Yeah you'd have. I think you have. Yeah you give um Miller Aquinta, the Robbie Lawler against Cerrone, oh but that's and that's official. official. The oh, and Lawler oh, is, okay. is official okay, yeah fair
0: so I don't you give me your one dream. Here's fight. mine.
1: Um I'm going to go with Anthony Pettis against Frankie Edgar Josie Aldo against Max Holloway and Conor McGregor against Eddie Alvarez
0: just shake up all three go for it go for it Keith Kavanagh says shout out to the dickhead who tried to thumb his way through Naga his ACL will be gone next time that's a threat Keith that you should probably delete just so uh, just so you don't get in trouble in the future Uh, I hope that poor lad doesn't listen to the podcast yeah me too sorry mate
1: Sure, Fran- he sure, he's, sure he's a lovely guy.
0: He is. I'm trying to I was trying to highlight uh I see I changed the font on Twitter. So the at is uh was different. Francisco McCool. His no name Francisco. is Shane. well oh. that's just his at. MMA or well, will MMA undergo a series of rule changes to broaden or appeal slash address safety perceptions? And if so, what? If MMA <sighs> ever wanted to get into the Olympics it would have to completely change what it looks like at the moment but at the moment I think professional mixed martial arts is at the safest that it could possibly be
1: yeah yeah I don't I don't think so I don't think anything really needs to change I think they actually changed you know the the finger on the ground rule where you can knee a guy in the head now yes I think actually that makes it a little bit more dangerous (laughs) so I think they're I think it's it might be a little bit too safe at the moment and I think they'll reel it back a little bit with some rules I think it's, we're pretty good where we are now I, I shouldn't have said that not a little bit too safe. I think it's perfect to where it is at the moment I don't think you need to change any rules like that now there are some rules that you can change that are just they make no sense like the uh, eight or six twelve elbows and things like that but I don't think there's really any safety concerns like you know trauma rooms and things like that which we've discussed a lot I think they're all all that is pretty good I think the UFC do it very well and I think you know if IMAF or whoever it is um, copy kind of what they're doing I think that's a good thing
0: to do, so we forgot to mention that whip battle Zone this weekend again, an event covered by the i m m a a so yeah. sanctioned everything looked after um a couple of people asking questions, and there was a couple of things floating around Facebook about like was this fully regulated? I wasn't there um I understand there was a full trauma room. I understand all the fighters were medically cleared. fights were cancelled on the night. For fighters not having correct blood work done, which is an absolutely brilliant thing to see. Four fights were cancelled on the night, um, because if you like, you were told what to get. Do you know what I mean? I I understand it was that certain, unless you download the form that says this is exactly what you need tested, they won't test for something. I think it's syphilis, and then if the because you know it's rampant in Irish MMA, Sean, <laughs> the popularity is, yeah. that Irish MMA fighters have the mickeys are falling off them at this stage to be <laughs> fair like but anyway
1: lock up your dollars <laughs>
0: um so front, like uh shin guards and stuff were supplied but i know people <laughs> I were... just
1: see people caught that the mickeys are fall...
0: <laughs> yeah that'll be tweeted to us definitely 100 Um, people were saying like oh well they weren't all wearing regulation gears like Shin guards and gloves were Condoms. supplied to every fighter, and I know a lot of fighters had an issue with them. They didn't really like them, so they were wearing their, their own ones that meted the specimens as well, the requirements as well. So that was that. So by all accounts, fair play to Battlezone for a uh, very well and safe run show this weekend. And also John Byrne in his interview at Io Daily. By the way, Io Daily's interviews over on Severe They were fucking brilliant.
1: Full time now. I.O.
0: Shout out to Io Daily. Phenomenal debut On the mic a For form. severe MMA This is a proper debut This yeah. is a string of interviews One after the other His first interview Was with a guy From Malahide Martial Arts Who could barely speak A lick of English Who had a very impressive fight I can't think of his name Tomac, I think it was Sorry Tomach, Yeah Io handled it like a fucking pro And then got back on with it And then interviewed Five more people after it Fair play to him I thought he was I, I can't say how good I thought he was Enough so shoutouts to Io And he looked sharp As fuck Sean
1: It was a bit jazzy It was a bit jazzy Like come too on Too jazzy Too jazzy It was too jazzy McDuffie
0: <laughs> nah, no, McDuffie says Could Andrew elaborate on what he said last week When he said The mount is dead In MMA please yeah, yes, Josh Barnett we-
1: was Mounting the fuck Out of the lads there Yeah he was
0: Against a guy Who probably will need Assistance standing up Within two years time Do you know what I mean? It's different when it's a 260 pound heavyweight If anything, Josh Burnett was most effective from side control When he was in a reverse scarf hold When he was able to just put his entire weight On Arlovsky's solar plexus And just hold him down The mount is dead in MMA at the lighter weight classes Where guys aren't able to establish the control and power That a massive heavyweight can That's my thought on it Fair enough So sorry about that Owen Leonard okay. wants to know Sean Could Connor walk away Into the sunset If he sparks Alvarez In New York C- City Two Could belts. he yes. Could he
1: Yes Will he I very much doubt it hmm.
0: There you go do you, know, do
1: you know what money likes Company
0: Do you know what Connor McGregor likes Money Money Brendan Curran wants to know Some of the fighters In recent times Have looked very poor Since the so called war Or a fight Where they took a lot of punishment Lawler yes. Condit, Gus, Rory and even guys like Michael McDonald can we discuss the damage overall are one or two tough fights career ending he thinks all the fighters named mightn't ever get back to their best that was a lovely screenshot sent to us as well so thank you for that Brendan
1: personally I think one fight can change you but I think you can recover from one fight if it's a series of beatings over a while you can't come back from that I don't think um, like Pettis now, he took one very very bad beating, and it's taken him a while. You know, he just got his first win back there. If he gets another win, and another win, I think he can come back and he can come back to be a very good fighter again. Changes the little things. You know, he he still we speak about Pettis a lot, and you know, he's big problems in his game. If he can start them, he'd be a lot better as well. But guys like Robbie Lawler now, say if he gets into another tough fight, it gets knocked out again. I think it's going to be very hard for him to come back, especially at his age. He's done it before, you know, it, it takes a while, you know, it can be done, but it's going to take another while. And each additional beating you take, it's going to take longer for you to come back. And you're going to get to a point eventually where you're not going to be able to come back, where it's just too much, I think. Look, You, you can definitely come back. You can come back, but sometimes you hit that wall and it's just too much. And that's the end of it.
0: Brian McLaughlin wants to know: Is Mark Henry the most bitter man in mixed martial arts? Shall we elaborate for those who maybe don't know?
1: Yeah, Mark Henry did. um, He did one of those. It's not a walking dog, really. He was, you know, Ariel's walking docs. He Ariel was very good, very very good. He did one with Eddie Alvarez today, which was very good as well. But Mark, Mark Henry is. Look, I think he's a genuine guy, I think he was a, he's a good guy, but I think he kind of, Conor McGregor has gotten into his head a little bit, and he's he's not used to it, really, you know, he was always kind of in the background, I remember Ariel, and all, lots of people always talked about him being one of the most underrated coaches, people don't really even, you know, don't really know who he is, and yet he's been doing great things with, with a lot of great fighters, I think now kind of people know who he is, and it's kind of, he's been shot into fame and that's not always easy. And especially when you have Conor McGregor and, you know, 500,000 maniacs from Ireland tweeting at you calling you a, a prick like whatever. That's, I'm <laughs> sure that's not easy. That's not easy to take. Um Did you notice as well in it, like, Conor, remember Conor McGregor called him, he, he referred to him as Frankie Edgar's fat box and gotcha a while back. And in, in the video, um Mark Henry goes, Some I can't eat pizza, someone called me fat, <laughs> which is like a, a clear, you know, thing of Conor McGregor and it kind of he blew over everyone, I think. But that, that was kind of weird as so I don't I think he's just fighting back, to be honest. I don't think it's I don't think he is starting it, to be honest. And I don't think like <laughs> he has said things before, obviously he's done things as well. I just don't think he likes I don't think he likes people attacking his fighters or likes people saying that they're going to knock his fighters out and stuff. But when I mean, that's just the fighting game, like it's not just a thing Conor McGregor does. Like I'm sure if, if Frank Yeager fight Dinner Primoz would say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to win this fight, I'm going to knock Frank Yeager out. And you know he mightn't take too much notice of it. But kind of everything McGregor says, it gets said a little bit louder because of who he is and because of, uh, obviously, the fan base behind him and everything like that. And I think that's kind of gotten to Mark Henry a little bit. And he... He
0: explodes. took it out on poor John Cavanaugh. Yeah, and he
1: takes it out a little bit more. But John Kavanaugh is no saint. is not saint either. Like he's, you know, he said plenty of things, you know, about McGregor knocking guys out and rounds and stuff. And so that doesn't go well with everyone. Like, and that's fair enough. Like John Cavanaugh's, he can say that no problem. And if Mark Henry wants to get mad about it, he can get mad about it too. So, look. I
0: I think the maybe the the, the radar inducing moment was like. Back when John said he believed Connor could be a three division champion, yeah, do you know you're you're kind of taking aim at not only your own division but the two divisions above it, you and our coaches. Do you know what I mean? And maybe they can certain style like America. I I don't want to say America is weird because it's a lovely place. It is a beautiful place, but we're culturally we're different. Where John Kavanaugh can say something like that, he's basing it off his own fighter. He's not thinking of the implications that a coach like uh, like when he said that he. To talk on or could have the welterweight title as well. That's not a, a slight on, for example, Robbie Lawler's coach. Do you know what I mean? But sometimes people can take it that way. Like I, I think Americans do, do take things like that way. You are a product of those that raised you, that those that showed you, uh, showed you the way, sort of thing. And Mark Henry works with a small, small group of people, that like, I used to always laugh at like Frankie Edgar on prime times and stuff like that because Mark Henry's. Training facility looked like a, a sitting room with a mat pushed up against the wall, and then he's producing all these world-class strikers. Do you know, it's phenomenal. It's just, and maybe it's a little bit of jealousy as well from his part. You know, Kavanaugh is getting massive exposure at the moment, mm-hmm. and uh, he had a line. He said, "Give, give the, give the money to the striking coach." Mm-hmm. Do you know, like, and it was getting personal, and it was getting taddy and stuff. And John kept his cool and doesn't want to engage in those sort of. Uh, I think it was actually Sandu who he replied to. He said he didn't want, didn't want the. Uh, he just said, "I'm going to focus on my fighter. You focus on yours. There'll be no shit talk from me." You know, something as simple as that. Like, or he doesn't care for headlines. I think it was yeah.
1: this thing as well. Disrespect. It's a very American thing. Like in Ireland, we like. Say, oh, I'm gonna fucking, I'm gonna ride your sister. Or Shut like. up, you <laughs> arsehole! <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's not a thing that really exists in Ireland. That much. In we, America, we slack each other yeah. all the time. Oh That's all we do. And like.
0: curse, and yeah. curse every time I meet American journalists. They're like, "Man, I forgot how much you guys curse." And I was like, "Oh fuck, sorry." <laughs> That's usually my first response. Like, yeah. like there's no
1: possible way you could disrespect me. I don't think it's possible.
0: Karen Stapleton wants to know. When has McGahan being oh, replaced on the podcast like he was for the Battlezone interviews?
1: I've been doing interviews. See, if you want to uh, send your emails to sean at severemma.com there.
0: You can so audition. I'm That's a real email, <laughs> by the way. sean at severemma.com. Let Sean know why you should become the host of the ah, Severe podcast. I wouldn't the get coast, rid of you. Would you not? <laughs>
1: for another couple of weeks anyway.
0: Oh, <laughs> your probation is still on. Uh, your own brother, Patrick Sheehan. Yeah. yeah. Will a win for CM Punk encourage more football players or boxers to try MMA? No, but it may encourage more pro wrestlers. And then we could have shoot fights. Shoot fight league.
1: Tim Tebow? I'd love to see Tim Tebow do MMA. Hmm. Mm Hmm.
0: That would be decent. Steve McDonald wants to know, does McGregor eventually move to Bellator for a percent of the company? Thoughts? No, Never. Never. Money. Ever, 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 ever. Like Sorry, Stephen. Sean Betts, severe and Bath or shower?
1: Shower. Sure. We don't have a bath, unfortunately. Do you not? No. Got to there take a nose. shower.
0: Um, And two more to finish off, Sean, before we go. Dan's knobbly kind of touched on what we talked about earlier on, but were there too many refs asking for more action at the weekend? Yeah. Definitely more than usual.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I would agree with that. that and JJ Murphy, who is a big fan of the show, what do you make on of Billy Walsh's comments on McGregor's boxing ability given his high connection percentage? Did you see what Billy Walsh said?
1: I did. Billy Walsh said that he wouldn't there's hardly an amateur in Ireland that he would beat or something like that along those lines.
0: What do you in make boxing. of that? Just maybe getting the getting the clicks, getting the exposure off a McGregor coat. <sighs> um, I don't know. See Amateur boxing is a completely different style of striking sport to mixed martial arts.
1: Like I'm sure if McGregor put his time into amateur boxing as much as he does in MMA I'm sure he'd do very very well and now professional boxing is a different flight the fight thing is different like I wouldn't say if McGregor would go in and beat a, a national champion amateur boxer in Ireland like maybe ever no matter how much boxing he put in but uh, to say like that every amateur boxer in Ireland would beat him I don't think that's true I think just I think you have, to have one fight
0: and you're an so amateur boxer
1: that is true, but I, I'm sure there's guys that you know, top 15 amateur boxers in his way out in Ireland. I'm sure he give him, I'm sure he give him hell after not too long a training. Like he, he's trained as boxing before. He does a lot of boxing. You know, his hands are very, very good. I'm look, it's boxing, it's fair yeah. enough. I know you know what Billy Walsh is saying. Like it's fair enough. Like most boxers, amateur boxers, pro boxers in Ireland would beat him at where he is at the moment. Definitely. Yeah.
0: So there you go. Questions done and. Dusted. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much as always for tuning in. Episode 84 of the Severe May podcast is officially in the books. My name is Andrew McGahan. You can get me at Twitter at AndrewMcGahan underscore at send, Twitter Jeez, sorry on Twitter <laughs> on Twitter yo if you can keep the message to 140 characters less that would be sweet if you want to elongate it just that little bit more send me an email over the week andrew at com. I will reply in the most untimely manner but I definitely will reply before next week's podcast even if you just want to say hello how's things how's the forum send me an email I want to start conversing with a few more people over email Sean I think it's a nice uh, a nice medium you know just to chat away just to type away Conscious stream of thoughts. You can do that for Sean Sheehan as well. He's actually <clears throat> o- offering uh, open relationship advice this week free to any listener of the podcast who wants to email him sean at severe MMA.com. make sure to include all the details he's very very good at it he's also on twitter sean sheehan ba on facebook sean sheehan mma go like his fan page because i most certainly will not he's over on instagram look, man, like and, my <laughs> and shout outs first and foremost and most of all severe own niall mcgrath of talking brawls mma podcast they recorded their episode tonight Hopefully no podcasting schedule uh, sake, releasing guys. tomorrow, moving in on our turf. We will Easy not be no. happy with that.
1: Get a slap across the face. From Niall stage.
0: is over stateside <laughs> for UFC 203 this weekend. Live coverage coming from him. Go follow him on Instagram, McGrath 4 and he will also be uh, contributing on the Severe May Instagram throughout the week, as well as interviews, sit-downs, scrums, Live podcasts, Niall is going to be doing it all over in Cleveland this weekend, so best luck to him over there, rocking his brand new Severe MMA t-shirt as well. Sean, it is a quarter past one in the morning, this podcast is dropping in the guts of the next five hours. Tell me what are you doing before you head to Bobo's? Bobo Land? I'm going to drink half
1: a two litre bottle of 7-Up full of water here, then I'm going to eat a couple of Maltesers. I'm gonna watch an episode of The Sopranos, and then then going to go to Bubbles.
0: That sounds delish. Mm. I need a drink massively, so I need to go downstairs. I'm probably gonna have a wee bowl of crunchy nut cornflakes. I'm gonna sit right back down and start editing this podcast. I'm gonna send it off, then. We have to go up and see Mrs. Severe MMA at 2 o'clock when she's on her break from work. I may get a little takeaway for us to eat in the car for the 15 minutes. Nice. And then I'm going straight home to bed. I have a busy day tomorrow. I'm up in the morning for training. Then I'm straight to Dublin for the day straight through. Then Tuesday night we will sleep and we will rest and we will enjoy. Hopefully you are having a great week, a great day. Hopefully the last hour and 10 minutes have improved because the first forty minutes of the podcast were pure dung. Let's get over that <laughs> first and foremost. We were sleep fatigued, but uh, as always, thank you so much for tuning in. Hopefully, you enjoyed it. Uh, enjoy the fights this weekend. If you're at Bama, say hey. You know, let us know. Let me know if you're a fan of the podcast. Come up and say where the fuck Sean. Let me know how many people he wants to know how many people are going to come up to me and say yeah. Sean Sheehan. Where the fuck is he? Mm-hmm. He's much better than you are. Dan Stretch and Shane Heffernan are devastated. I've been getting snapchats off. Stockton 209 We are going to get A nice group picture together But Not to be Someday soon In the future We will definitely do it Ladies and gentlemen The longest outro Of Severino podcast history Episode 84 is officially In the books We will see you next week For episode 85 But ladies and gentlemen
1: You fucking stole my outro
0: there Till then See you next Tuesday